Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's August the 6th. You know, I gotta say, last week I thought it was August and it wasn't yet. And then I feel like I just woke up and all of a sudden we're nearly 10 days into August and it feels friggin' weird. Mm. Like the first, these first six, seven days of August, gone. Gone. Super quick. Super quick. Hold on. All this. Got to dismantle my couch set up here. Scrambling. Stuck in traffic. Fucking Halifax, bro. This city. You know, here, somebody wanted an answer as to uh, something I love and something I hate about Halifax last week. Here's something for you. Fuck whoever the city planner is for this city. For the infrastructure. Fuck them. Because whoever is scheduling... Major, not minor, but major construction on literally every artery in this entire city simultaneously without looking at the map and going, wait a minute, we probably shouldn't do that all at the same time, should be fired. The amount of time that I have spent sitting in construction for the last month or two months has gotten worse and worse and worse. And today, I just went to go pick up my damn car. Had to pay, found out, had to get my front brakes replaced. Mm. It was a nice way to start the day. Go, fuck it, pay it, get back in Canada, the car. Canada winters will fuck them brakes dry. Drove, like, we're talking a maximum 20 minutes to normally get home from from the dealership. Max. I was driving for an hour! Because I got all the way to Dumbrack and I found out that they had blocked one entire half of Dumbrack off. You couldn't turn left onto it. And so the entire city was turning right onto Dumbrack and they didn't even have the lights running. They just had people with signs. And so every fucking road, Main Street, fucking everything was just backed up for uh, forever. I had to go all the way out, all the way back around, all the way out to Joe Howe again, all the way up into Purcell's Cove. Took me fucking forever to get home. And I left the house at like quarter to two. And I got home at after three o'clock in the afternoon. Sounds like fun. It's another Halifax construction time. It's amazing. Never freaking ending. Uh, but anyway, it's another technical alpha podcast. Where we talk about video games, not just poor city planning and construction. I'm just burning time while Jeff is eating... His food in front of him. I'm almost done. I just haven't <laughs> eaten anything. And I'm like, I'm starving. Kayla was out with Kai. I feel and, it. Uh, I've got I've got crackers, hummus, and protein shake in my hand right now trying yeah, to get. It's just, uh, it's a struggle here. It's a struggle. But we're doing it live. I'm trying literally. to get calories in. Yep. Trying to get calories in. Um. Anyway, this week, got another good show lined up for you, as always. Uh, a fair amount of news. Some really weird shit happened this week. It's a bit of an odd week uh, in general. Lots of lots of, uh, of of nonsense going on. I shouldn't say lots, but the stuff that happened was a bit weird. For example, and before we, actually wait, before we start, I have to hear Jeff say the casual say, is the same sentence, old same man same old week, same. The week is the same. Same week, incredible. Yep, that's it. Same here, except I finally beat Paper Mario. Took about I saw five that. fucking years. I saw that. 
Talk about a 15-hour-long game that, that ended up being dragged out for 40 friggin' hours. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'll have a full review up for that here in the, in the, what in the next... What was it, like fucking Mario RPG? Dude, it's not... I'm not fucking with you. It's a game that if it was 15 to 20 hours and they cut out, like, there's a large portion of the back third of this game or so that if they just axed it and then just wrapped it up 15 to 20 hours, this is like a fucking 10 out of 10 game. But it overstayed its welcome for an extra 15 to 20 fucking hours. No Damn. mechanics, no new mechanics or anything crazy to keep you interested. Story is the same. You're doing the same routine of like the dungeons and everything. And then at the very end of the game, and without spoiling, all of the mechanics that you've basically spent using and learning during the first half of the game, they throw all of that out the window. And you use exactly none of it. So all of your work collecting uh, things and doing all that shit all, and, and using, uh, getting used to the, the battle mechanics, all, throw all of it out the window because you use none of it at the end of the game. Oh. It's bad. So the back half of that game is not good. The first half is incredible. And the overall game is actually very good. But uh, yeah, it overstayed its welcome more than almost any game I've played in a, in a hot minute. So... Uh, we'll see how I feel about it after I write the review. But enough about that, Jeff. We have really important news to talk about. All right, about. let's hear it. I'm all down my food. I'm ready to go. Really important news, Jeff. The Paul family is back in the news. Oh, boy. And this time, it's because the feds raided Jake Paul's Calabasas, California home while he was out of state. And they didn't just raid it with, like, a couple of agents. They brought, like, the fucking crew. They looked like they were going in to take out, like, a fucking warlord. Like, they, they, mm. were, they were swatted up and everything. It was nuts. So, uh, uh, I tried to look. I mean, I, I was keeping up with it yesterday and looked again today before the podcast to see if there was any major updates as to why the shit. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was because, you know, he got caught um, looting during well, the Black Lives Matter stuff. Yeah, so everyone saw the videos of him there at the looting site, or one of the many looting sites, where he did videos of it, because that's just the Paul family thing to do, is is make videos of the most inappropriate things possible, put it on YouTube for 15-year-olds and 13-year-olds, and make tens of millions of dollars off of it. Um, that was what they, that's what they have been saying so far. Mm. I think, I think that that, they're, <clears throat> personally... So I guess before we uh, I get into why what I think is actually going on here, um, when they did do the raid, they found a lot of weapons, including five long guns, which is really a really light way of of saying we found some sniper rifles and other rifles laying around, including there was like an aerial shot of what looked to be a bolt action fucking rifle leaning against a hot tub because that makes perfectly good sense. Um. So, anyway, they say that it's because of the looting thing. But here's the thing. They charged him uh, for that in the courts. Then they dropped the charges of that stuff. And now the feds are using it as a reason to get in. So they dropped the charges so the feds could have an open reason to raid the fucking house. So the feds have something else they expected to find at this house. Other than just weapons. Like, they don't, you don't bring in, while he's out of town, you don't bring in a bunch of dudes in SWAT gear and full fucking, uh, gunned up to the teeth to raid a house to look for a few weapons. Yeah. 
they were expecting to find some shit. So whatever the feds think they have on, on Jake Paul or the Paul family or whatever the fuck, it's got to be something substantial because otherwise they could have just sent a couple of dudes in, knock on the doors and be like, Hey, we're going to take a look around. Don't mind if I do. Mm. Uh, and so I, I don't know what it is yet, but, uh, um, oh, us law enforcement definition of long gun includes shotguns and 22 caliber rimfire rifles. So, um, I suspect there was more than a handful of, of shotguns there. Uh, other than that one rifle leaning against the hot tub. So yeah, whatever it is, we'll probably never know unless it actually, unless they actually find what they were looking for. But I promise you, there's no way they went through all of that trouble of dropping the charges on the looting to use it as a reason to get into the fucking house, to bring all those armed dudes just to raid the house, to look for some guns. There's just no fucking way around that. So it's probably something else. Whatever it is, fuck only knows, but uh, maybe we'll find out, maybe we won't. But if there's one thing we could all do is is uh, just don't watch anything ever that the Paul brothers put out. Just don't do it. It still shocks me that people watch that shit, or like kids watch that shit. It shocks me that YouTube hasn't just taken their shit down, even though they, obviously they make them tons and tons of fucking money, which has got to be the main reason why they're not down at this point. Oh, 100%. I mean, they they must, if they haven't broken just about every fucking TOS thing in the worst way possible. I mean, look at the things that got PewDiePie in trouble, and then look at the shit that the Paul brothers have done and sit back and go, wait a minute, what the fuck? Yep. So, crazy. Whoever, whoever, whoever's keeping them in the game is <laughs> dedicated as fuck. So, we'll wait and see uh, what happens with that. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out more in the future with it, because they're just too big for it to not end up showing up again in the future. Next up, in actual video game news, Halo Infinite uh, has been confirmed to be getting a free-to-play component in multiplayer. We don't know if it's the entirety of the multiplayer suite, or if it's a specific handful of modes, similar to perhaps what uh, what they're doing with Call of Duty, whereas mm. like Warzone is free to play, <clears throat> but the mainline stuff you need to own the game uh, in order to play that version of multiplayer. So hard, I, I don't, I haven't seen if they've if, yet anyway. Maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen yet if three four three industries have actually said specifically what versions of uh, the multiplayer if. Not everything is free to play. And they also confirmed that there will be a mode or a version of multiplayer or something that will run at 120 FPS. So I don't know if that's something where you just choose to drop the graphics a bit to hit 120, or if it's only certain multiplayer modes that will be able to support 120 or what, but some version of that will be 120, if not everything. And again, that's console, that's not just the PC, but the the Series X running their multiplayer at 120 FPS. So, um... That's, you know what, that's actually... It's good news. It's good news. news. Some people have been harping on it, but if you look at what the rest of the industry is doing, you pretty much need to do this. Yeah. I agree. You you can't really get away, especially if you're Halo, you can't afford to rely on people buying (laughs) your game to get into multiplayer, to play it. You need to, you need to, you know, it's the fucking future and people are going to, you know, bitch whine and moan about it, but it's the reality. Look at what Warzone's doing. Look at Fortnite. Look at fucking, uh, Valorant. Valorant. Look at all these games. You're going to have more revenue, more player base, 
it's really good news for any for any chance of an esports scene because any yep. game that's going to be big in esports ideally is free. Yep. There's not very many games that have a <laughs> a popular esport right now that you have to pay to play the game. Are there some? Yes. Are they the biggest players in the game? No. And so for for Halo, I think it's a good move. I'll be interested in whether or not it's only specific modes or if it really is all of the multiplayer. Uh, and people have used this to also say that maybe this is a uh, a signal that that even though they said they wouldn't be doing one, that perhaps it means a battle royale. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, well, here's yeah. a question. Would you want a Halo battle royale? You know, you you know what's you know what's crazy is I actually think the gaming industry is ready for another battle royale. Um, we're in like sort of a weird, I wouldn't say weird, but it, it, it's been like a, a transitional phase from battle royale central to more of we're almost going into like one of the CS:GO phases where we're getting more of these like uh, ultra competitive you know, almost one shot, two shot kill type death matches uh, where you sit and you watch when you go down and you buy and you do all these things. Um, <clears throat> I actually think Halo is in a position where if they came up with a battle royale, it wouldn't have gotten the it won't get as much hate as it would have a year ago, a year and a half ago announcing a battle royale i think if they did that a year and a half ago people would be like bro you no no there are still going to be a lot of people that are going to say no uh but because halo is already such a big franchise and it's never it's never really done anything like that and if they make it classic halo and the maps are big enough i think that they have a shot to make a game that's intriguing and something that's a little bit more long lasting on an esport front and on a Twitch front than just another team deathmatch. Because I think that the whole team deathmatch thing, although there is a place for it in esports, in terms of like Twitch and competitive uh watching and just staying in front of everybody, it, it, that's not it. It's not what it's not what people have been wanting to see. Um, at least that's from viewership wise it's these battle royales or these free to play team based games uh that are getting the love the there's not a whole lot of streamers out there that are ladder heroes that are playing uh FPSs on ladder that are doing big numbers and doing big things so you know if they want to play the Twitch game and the longevity game i think it's probably a better thing to do i don't see Halo working as say a uh the that rogue game that that that's now out uh rogue whatever the fuck it is um that Epic has um I don't see it working in that way I think it's either going to be a battle royale or it's just going to be classic Halo multiplayer I think those are your two options Yeah I think I think you're right that if they did decide to do, if they actually did decide to do that now it would be better received than if it, they did it a year ago because for sure a year ago, we were just getting inundated with 
off with battle royales and and it didn't it didn't seem to matter what the quality of it was it was just everyone had to do a battle royale and that was it and so that's what you got and um i uh i think that i mean i i and we've talked about this before but let's be honest there are few intellectual properties that would probably fit a battle royale format better than Halo. I mean, Halo is almost fucking born to be a battle royale in terms of the multiplayer. It already yep. had big team matches, big, yep. uh, big maps with uh, objectives and things of that nature. It's already it's already dipped its toes in the water in that regards, uh, or in, yeah, in that regard. Excuse me, and and people enjoyed those modes. And so I think that with Halo, I think a lot of Halo's uh, best modes for me personally, and I don't know what the what the general consensus is, but the um, I don't think that the just straight raw deathmatch was always necessarily the the most popular. Mm. They were fun, but everyone. But but when you get a big team together, the capture the flags, the uh, the skull matches, uh, king of the hill, things like that. They generated because of the nature of Halo. They generated the most kind of engaging combat because it forced you to get a little closer together. It wasn't yep. just a sniper match or some shit or a ba- or like a br cheese fest or some shit. Even though it always kind of comes down to that to some to some degree. And I think that if if Halo were to do a BR, I bet you what, because here's, here's what I think. They said a while ago, like eons ago, in fact, it might've been last year, uh, during the height of BRs where everyone was like, oh my God, is Infinite going to get a BR? <clears throat> where they said the only BR we're interested in is the battle rifle. That was their response. Hell in terms yeah, of, I forgot about that. They of, did say that. Of saying, yeah, of saying And then people are not... like, yeah! yeah, yeah, because I fucking hate battle royales and I'm over it. Exactly. So, yeah. but here's the thing. I think that they could still do a BR, but they they might try and pull, they might try and pull a Blizzard. Remember when Blizzard came out with Heroes of the Storm and they tried to get away from calling it a MOBA, mm. and they tried it like they had like a they had like fifteen different fucking names for it, and they eventually the Brawler, the Hero Brawler, or whatever yeah. the shit they ended up calling it. It's like, bro, that's a MOBA. It's a fucking MOBA. But here's All the right. thing: I think that there's a good chance that that. 343 does the same thing with Infinite, whereby they don't want to call it a BR because they don't want to have it attached to the name, especially since they've already said the only BR we're interested in is the battle rifle. I think that they go ahead and they make something that resembles a BR, but I think the most intelligent thing for them to to do would be to incorporate the, um, the, some of the mechanics of the many objective-based Halo multiplayer modes that have existed and kind of do an evolution of the BR. Cause really a BR as it stands is basically a death match. It's just yeah, a big one, a very big death match where you get one life and maybe a chance at coming back. If you're lucky, um, that's pretty much it. So there's not a lot of, uh, of objective stuff, you know, war zones got, excuse me, bits and pieces sprinkling in where they're kind of uh, uh, experimenting with the idea of 
of that kind of thing where they'll have like, uh, you know, there was a train going around the map, uh, that's got stuff on it, or they had the, the failed thing where the helicopters would show up once in a while and they'd all have like loot on them and shit, or Mm -hmm. you could pick up, um, you can pick up the, um, um, the shit, what are they called? Well, there's like bounties and stuff. There's like bounties or you can... Uh, go to, uh, you know, uh, Intel spots and things like that. You can pick it up to earn your money to take to your, uh, yep. to get your loadouts and shit. So they've got like bits and pieces of that and it creates little micro objectives within the party, but only a couple of them really end up, uh, bringing enemies and everyone else to the same area. Like some of them do, but, but like when, when a loot drop happens or some shit, but it's not the same thing. So I think that, uh, I think that, that's a good possibility that Halo introduces some sort of big ass map battle. They won't call it a BR. They'll call it something else. Yeah. But it's really just going to be a fucking BR with, yeah. I would assume, and I would, and well, maybe I'm just projecting that I hope that they include more objectives and things to, to get them to allow them to at least feel okay with the fact that they're not calling it a BR. It's like, yeah. look, guys, BRs don't have all these objectives. But we do. And yeah, the map shrinks to push people closer together. And yeah, you're mostly just killing each other. But it's not a battle royale. It's not a battle royale. And so it's that's a battle rifle royale. There you go. And that's it. That's that's what I think is probably yeah. going to go down. But 120 Either FPS. Way, it's good news. Because great. you can play it for free. Yep. 120 FPS. Yep. Um, if you don't like it, who gives a fuck? You didn't pay for it. You know, like, I mean, at the end of the day, this is good news for Halo fans, in my opinion. Yeah, because I guess for them, it's the balance of getting people to pay the money up front, even if they're not that interested in the campaign to play the multiplayer, versus how many people that play the multiplayer for free will be enticed to buy mm-hmm. the, the single-player campaign stuff separately. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're going for volume and hoping that more or that enough people get involved in it. Uh, I know with Warzone, the way that they kind of uh, bait you into buying the main game is uh, some guns are only available by achieving things in the standard multiplayer mode that you can't do in Warzone. Mm-hmm. And so unless you're doing a free weekend, which they'll occasionally do as well to you know get you in and entice you, there are guns that you're they're kind of locked out on. And some yeah. of them are really fucking good guns. And so yeah. uh, we'll be... We'll have to wait and see how they monetize it because they're they're trying to go with like no microtransactions and all that stuff. But look, any component of a game that comes with free has to have bro, some way. Gonna, oh yeah, bro. There's gonna be microtransactions. There's gonna be skins and customizations and different battle shit. Battle like pass. That. What do you think they're gonna call the battle pass? I don't know. Or are they just gonna say fuck it and call it a battle pass? I don't think they'll call it a battle pass. I think they'll they'll I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. They'll come with, they'll come up with something. Well, at this point, as long as it's not Call of Duty, where the where the updates are all forty fucking gigs a pop, and the game is over two hundred gigs on its own. Yeah, no. Uh, which I think it just happened. They just like surpassed two hundred gigs in this yeah, last that's patch. That's actually insane. You're, so you're the talking no for me. You're you're talking like an individual hard drive dedicated to fucking Call of Duty at this yeah, point. I've already uninstalled that. I mean, the game is fun. It really is. I actually think that's the best. This is the best Call of Duty 
that it I've is. played since Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Like it's actually it's that, polished, it runs well, it's it it's fun. It's it's that middle ground between that fast deathmatch in your face shit with the 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 big battle royale feel. It's got you, you use money, you can strategize with your partners, you can get your own custom loadouts. Like it they it they really have fucking crushed it when it comes to this version of the Call of Duty. Uh, but man, that game is huge and man, the hacking is on another level and you know, it just, it is what it is, but I got to say, I got to hand it off to Activision on this one. This is a very impressive call of duty gameplay wise. They really nailed it out of the park. I mean, they, it's almost like for me as a player, it went from zero to a hundred. Like that's how much better this call of duty is than virtually anything I've played in years. So I think that's in no small part because it involves a lot of modern warfare in it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it is basically, they confirmed here this week that, that, that call of duty in its current form, uh, is mod- like modern warfare is the most lucrative and most popular call of duty of all times, like North of 70 million. Yeah. It's insane. People. Huge. And uh, uh, so, you know, they're obviously this time the success is a bit more warranted uh, where whereby at least the 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 war zone mode is, in my opinion, currently the best battle royale on the market overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're looking for slightly different things here and there, there are other options. But the reality is, is that really as an overall product, other than the fact that it has seven trillion terabytes of uh, fucking updates every five, ten minutes. Um, it is the best one in the market. I mean, Apex is there, but Apex's struggle is that the the uh, character uh, abilities and shit make it harder yeah. to balance, and it kind yeah. of fucks with it. Um, the mobility in Apex is still superior to everything else by miles, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I still sometimes find myself wishing that Warzone picked up on more on Apex's pinging system and the uh, and their mobility climbing up a rock in Warzone literally impossible. And we're not talking about a big rock. <laughs> no. We're talking about like a knee high, a knee high stone. Yeah, on the ground you, could, you just leap over. Like you're jumping over nine foot tall fence, but if you get like a two and a half foot tall rock in front of you, you're fucked. It, no, it ain't. You got to run stuff. around. Yeah, like massive. Really so, so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely doing very well, and obviously, uh, and, and it shows now with with over seventy million people playing the damn thing. Um, next up, we've got, in relation to Halo Infinite, getting that news, Microsoft's revenue for 2020 so far is nearly flat. Nothing to write home about, about Microsoft's, uh, revenue streams in 2020 to this point, whereby, or whereas, I should say, Nintendo is up over 500%. Well, I mean... Think about how many fucking Nintendo Switches these guys sold over a quarantine. Bro, it's insane. Animal Crossing almost carried it by itself. The most the most selling Switch game to date is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing is either just ahead of it or right behind it. I can't remember which. At 22 million copies. 
That's insane. For Animal Crossing. So Animal Crossing came out in what was it, like March or some shit? I can't remember when. Yeah, I think it was March. Yeah. It's been a few months. It said 22 million copies for Animal Crossing. And so they are currently uh, enjoying a quarter that's $1 billion in the quarter. Fuck. Crushing it. Crushing it. Animal Crossing's out here making bread for Nintendo. Printing like you money. Wouldn't Believe money printing money printing machine goes Bert. Uh and in relation to that with Microsoft, uh they did confirm because we talked about this I think in the last possibly the last couple of podca- uh, podcasts at some point that there was rumor that the Xbox Live Gold service would be going away because they were just going to merge it in with Game Pass Ultimate, where you're you're basically paying a few dollars more for Game Pass Ultimate. But you're getting you know what I just heard? everything. I just heard that Game Pass will also pay your mortgage. Well, shit. At this point. That's what I heard. I wouldn't even it. be surprised. You get Xbox Game Pass, it pays your mortgage as well. I mean, you pay $15 in, it pays $1,500 out. Yep. It's amazing. Value. I, where, sign me up. I'm in. The value is unstoppable <laughs> with Game Pass. It's true. It might as well pay your fucking mortgage. The amount of well, money. I mean, holy shit. Like if you're playing a lot of games, I mean shit, fifteen dollars a month and, and you're sitting in your house playing a lot of games, you're crushing like three to five games a month. Dude, you are saving a, Yeah. Like if so if, much money. If you are a console gamer and you have an Xbox and you don't have Xbox Game Pass, you're doing it wrong. You're actually just doing it wrong. Someone needs to sit down with you and explain to you the value. <laughs> of this because it's it's insane it's insane you might not even own an xbox and it's time to get game pass ultimate i've been thinking about it i mean my xbox one is literally in that closet still sealed in the box and i'm just considering just paying for the subscription just in the off chance that i just pull the thing out at some point in the next year or two just to have it and also just to know that i'm i'm getting in on a deal people just love a deal sometimes Sometimes you'll go to a, you know, fucking Costco or wherever and you're like, damn, that's a steal. And you buy it. And then four years later, when you're moving, you're like, holy shit, I still have that. That was one hell of a steal of a deal, even though I didn't use it. I got a deal. <laughs> it's true. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the classic, it's like the classic showing, showing a markdown when it's not actually a markdown. It's like the, the retail suggested real t- retail price that you've never sold it at anyway, but you put it up there, put a red line through it. And show that you're selling it for like 15 bucks cheaper. And everyone's like, wow. It's a deal. That's a deal. I got to mm-hmm. get in on that deal. Um, but uh, yeah, so in relation to that, they aren't, they have no plans on renaming and no plans to discontinue uh, the Xbox Live Gold service. So that will still be its own standalone thing. And then Game Pass is its own thing. And you can do whatever combination of shit that works best for you. You will have the ability to do it. Uh, next up, also in relation to some Xbox news, Platinum Games tells fans outright that if, uh, to send Phil Spencer a letter if they want to see Scalebound revived. Now, if you remember Scalebound, Scalebound was a game shown at E3, um, a few years ago now, when they were first showing off, uh, games that were going to be exclusive to the Xbox. And, um... Uh, it was the one with, uh, the main character had, like, 
He was listening to music. He has headphones on and he was battling like dragons and shit. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, we talked about it in the podcast where they had Microsoft had put so much money into it with Platinum and it wasn't getting any closer to completion that they just canceled the project and walked away. And then last year, I think sometime, if it wasn't early, early this year, my timelines are all fucked up. Phil Spencer had said that he didn't personally have any idea if Platinum was still working on the game on their own or if anything was going to be done with the IP. All he knew was that Microsoft had had canceled the project for the, on their <laughs> side and walked away from it. So now you've got Platinum saying, hey, you want it? We're still sitting on the assets. The game is still kind of there in whatever form it is if Microsoft wants to have another IP on the uh, on the console, write them a letter and get involved. I don't think it's going to happen. Microsoft has already spent a fortune on that fucking game, and uh, it basically treaded water for years. Yeah, no, not it's going not anywhere. Any going to happen? Uh, this is yeah. I was going to say this is basically just a way for Platinum to shift it back on Microsoft. Yeah. For people not to come bugging them about it. It's just, you know, yeah. you want it, you go... Talk to Phil Spencer. You go talk to Phil Spencer. Uh, next up, we're finally hearing some news about the Anthem rework, Jeff. Mm. You remember Anthem, uh, for those of you who don't remember or you forced it into a corner of your psyche where you had to forget it, Anthem was a video game that didn't last very long because it was bad. And they tried to make it look like it was going to be the greatest game to have ever fucking walked the face of the earth. And truth uh, truth be told, we here at Technical Alpha, uh, early on, were on board. We thought the game looked fucking phenomenal. And it did look phenomenal. And then everything else about it was bad. And so when it came out, it failed miserably so bad that uh, they pulled that shit off and said, okay, wait a minute, we're going to have to do some retooling on this bad boy. And they went away. And uh, we haven't heard anything really major for ages and ages and ages. Uh, but now we're finally getting a bit of an update and I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it a hundred though. Mm. For if you're going to go away and you're going to do like a 2.0 on a game at this level with that level of bad press, you need to make sure that when you come back with whatever information you're going to first give the public, Mm. it needs to really light a fire into the public's ass, get them excited that this 2.0 is happening. It can't go over lukewarm. You don't you don't want it to be lukewarm at this point. You need to basically uh, I'll make this comparison again. If you're going to do a 2.0, you go away like like uh No Man's Sky uh Hello Games did. <clears throat> Went dark. No social media, no nothing. Came back with the fucking monstrous update for free and blew people away and continues to do that. You don't do this. You don't go, you don't botch it. You don't botch a AAA title that had hundreds of millions of dollars dumped into it. Walk away, say you're going to do a redo, and then this is the list of things they're talking about as their first major news release in a hot minute. Buckle up for this bad boy. All right. Increased the frequency of loot drops. Loot is viable more often. All items are better and more competitive, but there's still a chance of getting something exceptional. All loot rarities have strategic value throughout the progression. You can pursue specific loot without relying on randomness alone, quests, specialized vendors, and unique loot tables. Modify your loot, including re-rolling inscriptions and leveling up items. Loot feels exciting, Jep, and more oh. noticeable when it drops. Okay. 
and is celebrated when collected. So you get excited when you pick up that loot. Hell yeah. Rare enemies, a.k.a. walking treasure, uh, treasure chests, create exciting moments to get a burst of loot all at once. Wow. It's flashy. Like a pinata. Like a pinata. Exactly. Of, of awesome. Viva pinata, but with loot. Woo. Reveal and equip loot right away, Jeff. You don't have to wait to equip your loot. You can do it right away. Oh, wow. Complete. Can't wait. That's a big, it's a game changer. The fact Huge. that that's even listed as a change tells you whatever the fuck they were smoking the first runaround was fierce. Mm. Complete revamp of all of the equipment sheet, including a detailed stat sheet. The equipment sheet can be accessed from anywhere and allows you to easily see what you have equipped in each slot. Mm. Again, that sounds like something that you would just have anyway on the first launch of the game. Each item has an inscription budget based on its power and rarity. No more useless items because they were missing must-have inscriptions. See the increased weapon damage by plus 225%, which I guess they are they are referencing an inscription everybody wanted on their weapons, but it was useless because you couldn't get it on everything, and that makes sense because 225% more damage is a lot more damage. Exceptional items are about getting the exact types of bonuses you want instead of maxing the values on every single bonus. Your power cap can be easily increased, and the loot system scales accordingly. Advanced telemetry data allows us to identify trends and make meaningful balance changes. Jeff, this entire announcement was centered around loot. Nothing to do with gameplay. Nothing to do with anything like that. Just... Loot. loot. Although they did say this with a little footnote. He said, they, they said this comes uh, via way of PC Gamer, by the way. It says, the Bioware, Bioware says it's already made some improvements to gunplay and is currently exploring melee items and builds. There's no wow. word on when the changes can be expected, but given the apparent scale of the redesign and the team having to work from home, it's going to take some time to finish, which is fair. But... Up to this point, when they said that we're taking the game away and we're going to come back with Anthem 2.0, I can promise you the thing that people weren't sitting around pining for was hearing about loot tables. Mm. They probably wanted to make sure the game was actually fun to play and had some fun stuff to do in it. Uh, Hearing about the fact that the frequency of loot drops is up, that's like a footnote. Dude, I, 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 this is coming from someone that's never played Anthem. And I think they're trying to go after people also that have never played Anthem, that Anthem has just given, been given a bad name. This does nothing to get me excited. What, no. what about the gameplay changes? What makes this game now special from where it was before? This sounds like a patch note from their old game that they should have just patched when it was a, when it was the problem anyway. So why are you coming back with a patch note when we, what we want is a, basically a whole new direction of the game and something that we can get excited about? If not, why are you even announcing this? Because this is, a lot of this even is just mumbo jumbo that I don't even understand. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's like uh, it's. Well, what it sounds like to me reading all of that is that they looked at how Destiny works and they said, we're going to do that. Because that's essentially what it reads like to me. Um, for better or worse. That's what it pretty much sounds like. Is they're, they're trying to 
copy in large part how Destiny handles its loot, down to stuff like, you know, saying that not everything is going to be uh, randomized loot tables. Like you're going to have mm-hmm. vendors that have like missions to get specific gear, et cetera, et cetera. And mixing it up so that you're not just grinding for random loot drops. Um, things like uh, adding uh, things to your weapons and stuff is definitely uh, a nice change. Yippee ki bro. Yuck, but again, I... like if you're going to go away and you say you're coming back with 2.0 and the first, and the first real major news you talk about is loot stuff. Like, yeah, loot is a major part of that game, but... And, and it was certainly something that people complained about, I remember. But people were complaining more about the fact the game was just not fun. Yeah. It was just not a good game. Yeah. The game part. not they, That whole list just read to me like we're turning loot into the Las Vegas Strip. Where there's flashy yeah. lights going off every time you pick up loot. And every time yeah. an enemy drops loot, it's more flashy lights. And you pick up the loot and it's more flashy lights. And you equip the loot and it's more flashy lights. And it's just excitement like whoopie fucking dude loot so there you go we'll see uh we'll wait for more on uh on anthem 2.0 but i wouldn't hold your breath no that's for sure uh next up there were rumors and 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 kind of wonderings about whether or not the dualshock 4 controller would work with the ps5 and we talked about in the past on the podcast uh, when we were, you know, months ago now, when we were predicting what we thought they might do with SKUs to get the price down because it was going to be so expensive. And one of the things we uh, had guessed at would be how good would it be if uh, they had a SKU that didn't come with a DualShock 5 to knock the price mm. of the console down 50 bucks uh, for people that already have one or more DualShock 4 controllers at home because the difference between the two controllers were mostly just tactile fucking feel. There wasn't anything yeah. gameplay-wise that's really going to be changing much with the with the DualShock 5. So, uh, at least nothing imperative. And so, uh, we got official word about this now. Yep. And so, the, officially, uh, or the official announcement is that DualShock 4 is, in fact, compatible with the PS5. However, there's an asterisk attached to that. Mm, the DualShock 4, asterisk. and it is a... It's a big asterisk. I mean, normally that's a small in the corner of the world. I mean, this is a big ass fucking star next to the end of the of the the sentence there because while it works with the PS5, it only works with PS4 games on you're running on the PS5. So you can't yep. use a DualShock 4 for PS5 generation games. games. Yeah. Um and this struck me particularly funny because if you if you go on to read the other things that they have um that they have listed for, you know, when people asking them what's going to be compatible and not as far as peripherals, the other things that they talked about uh included uh officially licensed racing wheels, arcade sticks and flight sticks will work with PS5 games and supported PS4 games. The platinum and gold wireless headsets and most third-party uh, headsets that use either the USB or the three and a half mil jack will also work. PlayStation Move motion controllers and the PlayStation VR aim controller will also work with supported PlayStation VR games. The PlayStation camera will work as well with the PS5 for supported PS VR games, but will need an adapter that the user can request at no charge from Sony at a later date. They haven't announced when people will be able to request that adapter. So. There, and there are more peripherals to talk about, but those are the ones they have mentioned to this point. And so far, to me, 
that just reads like literally fucking everything but the PS4 controller yeah. is going to work with PS5 games, which is yeah. a direct way of saying, fuck you, buy the PS5 DualShock 5 controller to play with our games, even though it serves no real functional difference over top of the DualShock 4. Now, if they come out later and say that there's some other fanciful fucking reason for it, then I'm all ears to hear it. But in reality, it just sounds like to me is that they're just looking for people to buy the DualShock 5 controller. That's because it. every other fucking peripheral works. I mean, what we just listed is the majority of what people would even give a fuck about. I mean, there are other yep. peripherals, but like, I mean, I can't off the top of my head think of one not in that list that people would be readily interested I mean, in what, seeing. I mean, what they're doing also, and it's kind of smart where they go, okay, well, listen, you know, when this when this console launches and there's not a game that you necessarily want, still go ahead and pick up this console. You know, you can still play the, the games that you currently are enjoying on the new console, and you'll have this console ready to go for when the games that you do want to play come out. You know, I... It would have been nice for them to just allow PS4 controllers to go on it, but uh, to play PS5 games. But at the same time, I get it. You know, they want to sell their old or they want to sell their new uh, controllers with the new console. And it'd be a little weird, I guess, seeing a PS4 controller on a PS5, like just marketing wise. Um, well, you know. in contrast, for Microsoft, all Xbox One controllers I know. work with the Series X. Yeah. And I furthermore, know. the Series X controllers will work backwards compatible for whatever reason if you wanted to bring it to a friend's house who doesn't have a Series X yet or some shit with the Xbox One. So they got fucking shit going both directions. Yep. So it's... it's, it's that's, a, that's an L. That's an L on Sony, man. That L, Sony's taking a small L on, on this. Do I think it's something so big that it's going to be the differentiator on consoles? No, but it's an L that you wouldn't like, expect. To, you know, yeah. why would you die on that hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like of all Money. things to like to die on that hill, why? Why Money. that? I think the reason why they're dying on that hill is because they can afford to die on that hill. Uh, yeah, know? probably. Yeah, and, and they're like, well, fuck it. You know, they don't like it. Too bad. You're going to buy my console anyway, and you're going to buy my controllers. Yeah. Uh, it's just really that simple. You know, if Microsoft really isn't in a position to die on any hill. They 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 need to do whatever they can to get that. Uh, so does Microsoft then become the one that sells a SKU that doesn't come with a controller to knock the price down on it? Well, that would be that would be that. Then that, then the little L becomes a slightly bigger L. That would sell Sony. some extra consoles. That really would. Yeah. And at the very least, that would sell consoles to people that want both. Yeah. So you know, for example, a, a PS a PS five guy like myself. If it's 50 bucks, 60 bucks cheaper without a controller and I can just pick up the console and just use my other Xbox One controllers, I might be more inclined to make that extra purchase and cop two, cop both, just in case there's something that I really want. And, uh, you know, (laughs) this kind of goes in hand as well with... There, Sony's confused marketing as to which PlayStation 4 games are going to be forward compatible with PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with the Xbox, they've been far more specific. And it's pretty much everything. It's everything you would give a fuck about anyway. Uh, is going to work with the Series X. Anything you buy for the, the Xbox One towards the end now will have, if it has a Series X counterpart, it's going to detect which console it's in. It's going to give you the version that you need. 
Everything mm-hmm. like Microsoft's biggest thing right now is just new games to excite people for the Series X. Pretty much everything else about the Series X console and the Xbox division in general with Game Pass and everything else, it's all W's for Microsoft. Sony's running on old W's. And because they're such massive W's, they can get away with it. Yeah. But, like, there, there, there are very few reasons... And that's what really what shows the, and I hope that, that Microsoft fucking wisens up to this at some point, is that Sony can just you know match them or not even quite match them on a lot of metrics as long as they have intriguing games that you can only get on the PlayStation or get on PlayStation for like the first year or whatever the fuck, that's going to fucking sell consoles. Microsoft is definitely going on a on a different approach, and we'll we'll wait and see what their revenue is like because we'll be able to see it. Mm-hmm. In the first two years of the Series X and the PlayStation Five being out, how Microsoft's plan in terms of trying to make money on software across multiple devices versus locking everything to one and gating it, we'll see who comes out uh, on top there because that will be ultimately it. It won't be necessarily. For Microsoft, how many consoles did we sell? It'll be how much money did we make? Fuck how many consoles we sell. It's really about how much money we make. And so if we make more money by selling less consoles, but providing our services and games on as many pl- in many places as possible and have it be uh, a, a good experience on all of those platforms, mm-hmm. then they make more money. It doesn't matter anymore. So, uh, so it, it's, it's definitely two wildly different tactics and uh it will be very fun to see how it works out because i still think i still think that playstation is in the best position because of their games right now and until microsoft really gets their first party developers the fire under their ass and games specific to the series x start coming out not ones that are supposed to be backwards with fucking xbox one yeah yeah oh but proper fucking series x games that get people fired up about the series x yeah i think sony gets an easy buy just in that regard yep so we'll we'll see how that works out but yeah just to clarify bring that all back around dualshock 4 works with the ps5 but only with ps4 games that are that are compatible with the ps5 take that for what you will in more Sony news, Spider-Man is coming to the Marvel Avengers game that we we watched, and for me, I couldn't be more lukewarm to stone cold on a game than what we've seen from the Marvel's Avengers game up to this point. It looked like it looked like the dollar store knockoff version of the Avengers because they can't afford to like pay the actors for their fate their likeness in the game, and so it just looks fucking weird and 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 awkward after a decade of seeing all these people in theaters as these roles. And not only that, but what we saw from it was like running on, it ran like 25 fucking FPS. It didn't look all that good. It wasn't all that interesting, but people were still excited about it. And, uh, because it's, it's superhero shit after all, it's going to get people excited. And the most, uh, the, the most intriguing news about this so far has been that Spider-Man is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation version of that game. Well, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, Sony still owns rights to Spider-Man. So you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. 
it's licensing stuff, man. Like Marvel, Marvel has to work out a deal with Sony in order to use Spider-Man even in their Avenger movies and different things like that, right? There's there's revenue splits and licensing deals. Um it's just the movie so, rights. Like it's not the character rights, it's the movie rights. However, it's still going to give them a lot of fucking pull in that regard. Oh, uh, in, I mean infinitely so. And this wouldn't be the first time we saw exclusive characters to to specific versions of games. I think the one that came to mind when I was reading this, and I think somebody mentioned it in, in uh, the the uh, the thread that I, um, on the article as well, was uh, I remember owning Soul Calibur. I think it was like on the Xbox or something, the original Xbox perhaps. And one of the Soul Calibers, I can't remember if it was that Soul Calibur 2 or whatever, but anyway, it was on multiple platforms and there were unique characters specific to each platform. I want to say Xbox had like, Xbox have spawn or some shit. I can't I remember. Uh, but then, it. but then there was Link, obviously with Nintendo and shit. Anyway, there were, there were exclusives in that regard. Um, do I think that Spider-Man being an exclusive is going to do anything for this game? No. Uh, this game is, is, if this game does big numbers, I will be fucking mind blown because everything about it I've seen so far has, has looked like a complete snooze fest. And I used to play a lot of the, um, uh, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, uh, when I was younger, cause they were good. They were fun, especially co-op, like playing with yep. other people. They were a good time, but this just, just looked, it didn't look good. So it we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait and see, but I don't think Spider-Man's going to be moving the needle. Uh, for anyone uh, as to which version they're going to buy. Like, how many people are going to buy the PlayStation version because it has Spider-Man? Debatable. Uh, next up, we've got... Oh, bl- it's time for some Blizzard news, Jeff. Oh, it's been a minute. Are you ready for some Blizzard news? It's not good Blizzard news. Oh, boy. But there never really does seem to be any good Blizzard news pieces coming out as of late. So, uh, Jason Scryer again, and I'll keep pronouncing his name probably wrong for the rest of my life because I can't re- figure it out if it's Scryer or Schreier, so I'll just go with Schreier. Uh, he's on to bigger, bigger, better things now, Jeff. He, he moved from Kotaku, as we talked about. He's on Bloomberg now. He's on the mm. Bloomberg's, running Bloomberg's gaming side. Mm. And so this is like, to my knowledge, one of his first real major pieces for Bloomberg, and he went in. Because apparently, Blizzard staff, this is via his Twitter, uh, Blizzard staff put together an anonymous spreadsheet on Friday. This was, uh, he was posting this on the 3rd, so it was just about within the week. Um, to compare uh, salaries and pay raises as part of an open revolt against low compensation within the company. Okay. So while CEO Bobby Kodak is making $40 million a year, regardless of the company's performance, which we talked about about two or three weeks ago on the podcast, is that regardless of the company's performance being good or bad, he's still getting big-ass performance bonuses, even if the company's sucking a dick. Like, it does, like uh, even if they're not meeting targets. Mm. Uh, and so it doesn't seem to, uh, to, to make a difference. Uh, so while he's making $40 million a year, apparently some Blizzard employees can't even make ends meet. Because they're not getting paid enough money. So, uh, this goes on. Is that, This is an anonymous document. So everyone put their stuff in because obviously they don't want to get fucking destroyed by the company. 
So they all put in the anonymous uh, document, and it was reviewed uh, by Bloomberg News. Contains dozens of employee salaries and pay bumps uh, that were handed out during a compensation study done at Blizzard last year. Most of the raises are below 10%, which is significantly less than Blizzard employees said they expected. And Blizzard has long had a reputation of underpaying its workers, although some senior staff can make well over 100k a year. Uh, members of other departments have struggled. Uh, which is also why much of Blizzard staff has in the past left for neighboring uh, companies in Riot, Amazon, uh, game studios, and tech companies for much bigger pay raises. Um, so, this, is a, this just seems to be an issue where Blizzard is top-loading most of its profits to yeah. people on the, on the upside. And most of the people in the trenches are getting paid um, as little as possible to keep them in their positions because they want to work at Blizzard, and I feel like this is what's happening. Blizzard as a company is such a brand that many of these people at this point in time would have grew up with, got into the industry because of Blizzard, wanted to work and be part of Blizzard, gets, yep. gets hired by Blizzard probably towards the tail end of yep. the golden era of Blizzard. <laughs> and has their dreams crushed. And now just gets fucking crushed. It's like meeting your uh, childhood hero and realizing he's a dick. Yeah, exactly. And so now they're here, and they and they're so attached to the company that that people's first reactions would be, and no, you know, and unreasonably so would be, if you're not getting paid enough, apply to some different places, yeah. work somewhere else. But for a lot of people, Blizzard is the reason they got into the industry. Yeah. They get the job there. They want to fight for their position there. They want to be there, and and maybe they're thinking if they weather the storm, eventually. Stuff gets better. So, uh, uh, in 2018, so this is, this is a little snippet of it, and, and then we'll talk a bit uh, about whatever our thoughts are on this. In 2018, uh, messages on the internal Blizzard communication channels reviewed by Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg News, employees talked about money-saving measures that they've taken to remain with the company. One employee wrote that they had to skip meals to pay rent and that they used the company's free coffee as an appetite suppressant. Another said that they would only eat oatmeal and bail on team lunches because they couldn't afford to buy food at the company cafeteria. A third said that their partner stopped talking about having kids because they knew it, they wouldn't be able to afford it. That contrasted with pictures they saw of, um, of more senior Blizzard employees enjoying vacations to Disneyland with their families. So... There is obviously a massive disparity between levels within Blizzard, and that happens in pretty much most com uh, companies, honestly, but m some companies are worse than others. Some companies really shit on the core of the company and move everything to the top. Others are still a disparity, but it's not as bad. Mm. When you start talking about skipping lunches and drinking the free coffee or... Uh, eating oatmeal because you can't afford the fucking cafeteria food in the company's headquarters you work at with the salary they're paying you, that is a new level of fucking weird. Like, if you're, if as a company, you're providing a cafeteria for people to have lunches, but you can't pay them enough to afford the lunches at your own fucking company's cafeteria, that's just fucking weird. That's weird. How can you even do that shit? That's crazy. So, um,. While I'm not shocked, and while obviously this isn't a thing at Blizzard just now, this is uh, uh, this has apparently been a thing for quite some time, 
Even during what we would have probably considered the golden years of Blizzard, to a degree, this would have been happening, especially in the uh, past 2005 era, maybe 2008 and, and later. Um, what is your take on, on this situation? Because uh, it's not unique, obviously. It's not even unique within the industry. This industry, it's actually pretty rampant. Uh, but what's your take on on a company where the CEO is taking home performance bonuses even when they're not meeting targets and their employees can't even afford the food at their own fucking cafeteria? Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to... I'll be the bad guy. Devil uh, advocate, do it! Yeah. Well, it's what I believe. It's not. I'm not even just saying this to say this, but I'm, well, I'm, it's 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 by nature will be devil's yeah. advocate to most. Of yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. The the, the here here is okay. I'll, I'll start. I think start I think you'll be surprised, crazy. and I'll probably end up agreeing with a lot of what you're I'll, about to say. I'll start with the crazy amounts of bonuses that you know higher ups are getting. Uh, it doesn't matter how well it performs. That right there is, that's corporate. That is just guys and gals out there listening, as much as it doesn't seem fair, that is just the way it works for the vast majority of big corporations like this. There are some that, reward their employees immensely um and it's usually ran by leaders that aren't you know that realize that what they have is enough and for them instead of getting a 40 million dollar a year paycheck maybe they get 20 million dollars and they allocate a bunch of that money out to the hardworking individuals that allow them to receive those paychecks it's rare but it does happen. There are people. I believe that a guy like Adam would be one of those guys would be like, dude, I don't need $40 million a year. Um, especially if we haven't performed all that well, it's nothing wrong with making $40 million a year. If you bring that value to the company, then by all means, get what you're worth. Um, I've, I've, I've talked about that on the podcast before. I mean, it's, you know, it's your, it's your economic, uh, value. It's like, Hey, if you're, if you're a professional athlete, and you bring $100 million into a team, um, and you're, say, an NBA player, and they're going to pay you $40 million a season, uh, you des you deserve that because you bring $100 million in in revenue, right? You're not going to pay somebody. It's like what Michael Jordan, or sorry, uh, Scottie Pippen got fucked. You know, the amount of money that man brought in, but he signed a bad deal, and he got fucked for it. And the people up top took that money and put it in their own pockets. So you get what you're worth, right? And that's why Michael Jordan was signing one-year deals going, guys, y'all are going to fucking pay me what I'm worth. You're not going to rip me off. So it's the same thing where, you know, Bobby Kotick, for example, you know, if, he, if the company feels as a whole that he's worth whatever and he brings value to the company and the shareholders are making their money and everybody's fucking happy – then by all means, I guess it is what it is. So yeah, you know what? It kind of sucks 
seeing the guys up at the top reap all the benefits while the the hard workers, the grunts, are in there in the trenches uh, filling the pockets of Bobby Kodak. I get that. I get that argument. But here's my other argument. To the one that is complaining about, you know, am I supposed to feel bad about a guy at his workplace making a comment that, well, I was so excited to start a family, but now I don't talk about it anymore because I don't get paid enough. I'm not going to feel, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, that sounds like a you problem. That doesn't sound like a Blizzard problem. That doesn't sound like a Bobby Kodak problem. That sounds like a you problem. Because let's be real, most people, you know, you get what you put in. And if you want to make that extra money and your employer doesn't pay you what you desire to be paid uh, to to have the lifestyle that you want to have, you need to get out there and hustle. You need to get a side gig. You need to work, try and find a better employer. Or you need to suck it up, develop a skill to make it so that you are quite literally not one of a thousand developers that work for this company, but you're one of a kind type of developer. Somebody that somebody needs that you can only do or a select few people can only do to get the money that you want. And if that isn't possible then you probably should have thought twice about the industry that you went into to go and 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 make a make a career in teachers do not sign up to be a to 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 be a teacher because they want to get rich teachers become teachers because they want to help people they, it's it's their calling they enjoy it they they want to they they want to uh, help and watch people grow and have an impact and an influence in someone's life. Teachers are ridiculously underpaid by, uh, and I think that's universally known. They just are. But if teachers go, well, I am really pissed off that the owners of these universities or of these, whatever the cities, the people, what, whoever's running these things are making infinitely more money than me. And I just can't even talk about having children now because I don't get paid enough as a teacher. Then maybe you should have thought about that before you became a teacher. And if if you still want to become a teacher, maybe you need to do something else on the side to up your income so that you can have the lifestyle that you want to have. So I understand their frustration. I get it. I really do. But at the same time, nobody owes you anything in life. And I will never back down on this on, on, on this statement. If you want to have a better financial life and you don't want to be on the, the, uh, the backs of these big corporations that use you as a number, then you really have to stand out and, and, and develop a skill or have a side hustle or accept that this is your cap at this at this level and at this job title this is your cap so instead of bitching and complaining about it do something about it if you're going to live in california where your housing is taking up 50 
of your income. More like 80. So 80% of your income. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's also lifestyle. You know, some of these same people that are complaining, you know, are probably out there driving fucking Teslas and got $600 a month car payments and blah, 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 and buying shit that they probably shouldn't buy. I'm not saying that for everybody, but the reality is, and there are exceptions. Trust me. I fully, fully, fully agree with the fact that they are being underpaid, and I am not disputing that. What I'm saying is it is not Blizzard's or Activision's duty to pay you more if they if people are willing to accept what it is that they're paying everybody. So, yes, on one hand, I feel bad. I wish they were getting paid what they do deserve. But at the same time, what are you doing about it? Why, if 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 you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or a hundred fifty thousand or whatever, because I don't know the exact amounts, but whatever it is, if you want to make six figures, maybe you should have thought about that before becoming a game developer and 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 one that uh, is okay with just staying at their level. You have to specialize. You have to bring value to the company or you need to go out there and find a company that is going to appreciate your talent and pay you accordingly. If not, you need to buckle up and, and you know, put in the work. That's just, that's how I feel. I, I, you know, I fucking, I'm going to be honest, bro. I hate, hate, hate articles like this because it panders to people that, relate to not being paid enough in their everyday life and it's pegged towards to hate the uber rich and it's pegged towards hating successful people and the practices that they do and the reality is is most people if they put the work in and the time and instead of making excuses for everybody else holding them back and they were just work that much harder or or navigate the waters a little bit better or think about what it is that they want to do and what they want to make and 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 set goals you you wouldn't this i look at this and i go you know it's it's the same thing as fucking um what's his face from amazon fucking bezos where i see people go oh you know bezos just spent a billion dollars on a house and it's like it's like us spending $4. Fuck that guy. If only he would have just spent this amount of money on feeding America, we'd have no problem we have no poverty. So it's it's they're 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 shifting one man's success, right? And they're and they're taking it out on it's socialism, dude. And I I'm not that I'm not a I'm not a socialist guy. I fully believe in you get what you put in. It's just that that's the way I look on life. Not everybody agrees with me. Everybody feels as though everybody should have certain necessities made. Certain people shouldn't make more than certain people. If you're in the same field, some people just believe that. And the vast majority of people that believe that aren't people that are in a position of large success in terms of their, um, um, you know, their, 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 their career or, or financial or the, the way that they look at 
the, they look at the world as if um, I'm, I'm trying to make this uh, say this in a way that it, it makes sense because I'm not hating on people that feel that way. They have a good heart. I really believe I, I'm that way. I wish everybody could could live and have the things that they want and and be able to have children without any without any problems, uh, without any worries. You know, I waited till I was 32 years old before I had a kid because I was worried financially. That was a sacrifice I made. Some people don't give a fuck. They just, they just have a kid or they, they, you know, you know, and then they'll complain about their situation because they weren't ready for when it happened. It's, it's about planning. It's about doing things and knowing your situation. So yeah, I feel bad, but at the same time, bro, you're in the gaming industry and the, the next line of people that want to go into gaming and want to be developers and they and they're still joining and in 10 years from now they're going to complain again we're seeing all of it we all know how people get treated in this industry so you knew what you're signing up to so if you're not prepared for it then why are you signing up for this because you love it dude there's tons of things that i love i, I i'm sure there's tons of people that are watching this podcast right now that love surfing and they want to they'd love to surf for a living there's tons of people that love to play video games would and would love to play video games for a living. The reality is not everybody can do it and not everybody's going to be successful. And some people are going to get fucked and some people at the top are given more and more chances and given more and more promotion and plugs while the other ones on the bottom get fucked. Welcome to the real world. It's like that in every single industry. And that's my that's my take on it. And I know it's a bit of a hot take and a rant, but it's it's how I feel. It's how I've always felt. You get what you put in. Yeah, so I mean the majority of what I would agree with for the things that you said there revolve around around people navigating the reality of these situations. In terms of like let's say like there there are enough places in the, in this industry for your average developer or programmer or art person to while being in a job already especially at a place like Blizzard with pedigree to put in applications somewhere else and probably instantly make 15 to 20,000 dollars more a year going somewhere else to Amazon games or to fucking like electronic arts or or whatever whatever whenever so I, I do agree with that part that then probably the because of the realities of what I would and I don't even know if this would be proper use of it, but this is how I would describe it would be called maximalist capitalism, where yeah. where the people the people putting the cogs in place to make the capitalist machine run are maximalists. Yeah. And it's a little bit of greed. Man. It's, a little bit of greed. It, it's not a little bit of greed. It's actually just, it's, it's, it's like 80% of your income going to your shit in California for living, uh, in a, in a one bedroom apartment. It's mostly greed. Um, there's, and there, there's a reality to that. People are inherently out to serve themselves. Yeah. And you could have an entire socio fucking economic discussion about that or, or a, uh, philosophical discussion about it or a 
sociology discussion about like you can have like a million discussions as to why you can have an evolutionary discussion as to why people are inherently greedy and you could have a, uh, another discussion as to why the people at the top tend to be the greediest before they even get to that point and um get to the top um and the <laughs> a lot of well a lot of it a lot of it is that is that and this is another reality of it is that the uh, as tropey as it sounds a lot of the time the people that make it all the way to the top and the ones that you're seeing do the, the get, make the most uh, making all the money that people tend to complain the most about anyway are those that um, they they are they lack a lot of compassion for the people that that they hired and used to get themselves to where they went to yeah. and so they don't the like somebody like myself couldn't be a Jeff Bezos because I don't have the lack of morality to get to Jeff Bezos position I just don't I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that the majority of my employees that make this whole fucking thing go are working 12 plus hour days on barely minimum wage with almost no real benefits to being told not to go to the fucking washroom to take a piss or a shit to make almost nothing so that I can go and make hundred and and during a pandemic increase Increase not cash asset, but assets in the company and everything. Fifty billion fucking dollars during the pandemic, while the yep. people that are working at his company to give him that that value to his company that his shares are worth to increase his overall net value to one hundred and seventy billion dollars, are the ones that now that rent that rent blockages in the states are up and over, now don't have the money to pay rent. Because of the situation, while he continues to inflate his value by billions of dollars during a massive global pandemic. That, that type of human mentality to be able to get there is not unique. And why you see people that are often the most wealthy running corporations, that type of person. They ha you have to have something off in your head. To step over top of people. If you go, if you if you went to business school, you start it in university. You get trained in university that if you're gonna climb the corporate ladder, especially in management, you need to play alpha at all times. And you need to put your foot firmly on the head of whoever you think is also in the rat race with you. To push them down so that you can raise an arm to grab the lower rung of that ladder and climb that next five foot piece of the ladder and find the next person to put your foot on top of their head and push them down to grab the next rung of the ladder. They teach you that shit in university because that's the type of people that you're going to run up against. It's office politics. It's why I got the fuck out the game. I spent 20 plus thousand dollars on an education and graduated with fucking honors. And I'm sitting in my mom's fucking basement right now because I didn't want to be that guy. I couldn't be that guy. I would hate myself. Could I have done it? Yes. 
because blowing smoke up my own ass, I was better literally on paper than 98% of the people in the fucking game. And I'm a tall, attractive white dude. I was literally the fucking mold by God to run and be a Jeff Bezos. I still have hair left. That motherfucker's been bald for years. I was the prototype. I was the fucking one. And I got the fuck out the game for that reason. Because I can't do it. But that's the type of person that is required. You want to know why Bobby Kotick looks like he's somebody that you want to punch in the throat just by seeing a picture? Because that's who he is! He's an asshole! He's a rich fucking asshole! And not because he's rich, but he is largely rich because he's an asshole! There is, there is a correlation there that you could fucking mathematically show as to why people in these positions are often like that. There are some that don't end up that way. Bill Gates would be one of them. That motherfucker's literally single-handedly solving some of the biggest problems in fucking Africa because he can. Bitch retired, he's got billions of dollars that he can generate billions more because that's how money works. The more money you have, the more you can make doing less and less work over time so that he can devote so much of his life to solving major problems. You want to know when Jeff Bezos is going to start doing that shit? Never. You're not going to see it happen. It's not in him. It's just not in him. He would have already started now and been on that fucking track. But unless he comes, unless he has a coming to Jesus moment, which is the closest coming to Jesus moment Jeff Bezos has had, was when his wife fucking wanted to divorce him and he was watching the dollars leave the fucking door. That's the closest coming to Jesus moment that motherfuckers have ever had. And you, you see, so you have to look at it in, in that when Jeff is, when the way, and I don't agree with everything Jeff said, but the, re, it, the, the, the thing I do agree with it is, is that it is a reality. People are fucking asshats. We're watching it all the time right now. It doesn't change further up the fucking ladder. You would think that the people further up you go, the more intelligence they have, whatever it is to get them there would make them more fuck. They'd have greater morals. They'd have greater purpose. They would be, because theoretically, if you're like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they blown out of the fucking pyramid fucking like 20 years ago. They're in a different stratosphere. They're not even in about self-actualization anymore. They've got so much money that, that they, it doesn't matter. They, Maslow's hierarchy doesn't exist to them anymore. And so you have to operate as, an, as a regular individual going amongst the world, trying to cut your little piece out of the fucking economic pie, whatever you want to do, whatever it is, whatever goals you have financially set, you have to know that you are playing the same game and you have to understand that that's what you're up against. Instead of going out into the world in a tribalistic society where if you went outside of your fucking tribe's land and you step foot in the wrong place, you get an axe in the back of the fucking head. And that's the reality of that situation. And you only have the resources in your little chunk of land. You get into an office as a woman and you're going to have every fucking self-esteem lacking small dick Chad work your ass out the fucking office and try and push you out. Whether or not you're better or not than them. Because that's how it fucking is. As a guy, it's not a lot different. Men attack each other 24 hours a day, seven days a fucking week. Except now, instead of axes, we're just playing office politics. You get outside of your fucking little, your little safety bubble, bitch, you're going to get fucked up. Yep. And is that right? 
Fuck no. no. It's stupid. Should a country like like the states with some of the most wealth in the entire fucking world touted as the greatest place on earth have a situation where we got to send kids to school because the families can't afford to buy fucking lunch so they got to rely on public school to get a meal for their kid? Regardless of whether or not they thought about if they should have a kid, this is where we divert a little bit. If you're well, living that, in the United States of America and you have a child, regardless if you work at a McDonald's or a fucking Dollarama or you're a fucking bottle collector or whatever the fuck you're doing in the great chain of, of possibilities in the, in the economic market, you should never have to think that you have to send your child to school at a public school to get en- enough of a meal at lunchtime because you can't afford to make it work at home. If you're talking about living in Zimbabwe or some shit, yeah, okay. Now we're talking a different fucking game. We're talking a place where the money isn't like that for pretty much anyone. There's like four people with money and everyone else is literally scrounging for whatever the fuck they can do in a place where you're still talking about getting an axe to the back of the head. But that's not America. That's not Canada. That's not most of of Europe. It's not Asia. For the most of it, this is the majority of the world at this point is economically so lifted that the discussion and the reason why it sounds socialist is because for a long time it would seem that way because there, the, the economy wasn't there. The last hundred years for the economy has been nuts. The amount of money getting pushed around right now is insane on a global scale because of globalization. And now you're talking about uh, about places struggling to figure out how they're going to respond to a pandemic and get parents back to the workforce so they can work at Starbucks so that we can make it look like the unemployment rate hasn't fucking tanked out for an election coming up next. All of this is, it sounds like tangential to what we're talking about, but it's all the reality of it. Because for these people, yes, absolutely. They should just be looking for work elsewhere. But in a, in the, but the reality is also, that in a company that is worth in the in the video game industry, to my knowledge, more than any other, because of the merger that Bobby Kodak swung and is why Bobby Kodak gets paid $40 million a year, likely whether or not he actually performs up to his standards that he was given by the board on a year-to-year basis, is because he created the biggest, he headed, spearheaded the biggest merger in the video game fucking industry that's now a titan of Activision Blizzard. Mostly Activision, but Activision Blizzard. But to have that company that's worth billions and billions of dollars with one game like Call of Duty that's pulling down 70 plus million people dumping money into battle passes and shit where the money machine goes brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
of what a company can provide or country can provide its citizens based on the wealth that the country generates goes up over time, so too does the dissemination of said money to the masses in a country that is full of less assholes. Countries already do this shit all over the place. You know what they found? We don't need a 40-hour fucking work week. People don't need to be working 90 hours a fucking week. They're more productive. They do better work. They do work more often. They enjoy their work. They pay more tax, but they don't give a fuck because their needs are met. That's the reality, too. But over here, we're still fighting the fucking fight. And in Canada, we're not nearly as bad as the U.S. We're a damn slight better than the U.S., The U.S. is literally, like I've said before, a third world country for the majority of its citizens. And we're seeing it right now. And it's a pandemic to show people within the U.S. who weren't thinking that this is a third world country for the most of us. Now they're seeing that it is. The stock market in places hit an all-time high the other day. If you want to get an idea of just how separated the wealthy are from the rest of the economy, it hit a fucking godforsaken all-time high on some of the indexes. A lot of that is bailout money, man. It doesn't matter because it's who the money is going to. It doesn't matter if it's just bailout money because the bailout money going to the people who already have money. Why are we bailing them out? They're not handing it to the people doing the work. So it doesn't matter if it's bailout money. That's just what it's doing. They're shifting wealth into people that already have money. Because they're the ones giving each other hand jobs at a political level within the corporate fucking plutocracy that is North American economics and and politics. That's what it is. It's separated. And it's nuts that it's even something that happens at this point in time. But it's good that it happened because enough people weren't working that now they get a chance to stop working for five seconds to see what the government is doing and to see what the nature of their country is so that they can actually see it and want to participate in changing it. And it will fucking change. It's not going to be quick. But it will change now that people have had the time to look at it. And it will change at Blizzard too. This will absolutely, you will hear from Blizzard and they will fucking change this shit because they have to. And the only reason it hasn't happened before It's because nobody in a culture where you're not supposed to talk about how much money you make at work, specifically and originally, so that the difference and discrepancy between the old boys club and the new people coming in or women in the workforce, so nobody knew what the fuck they were making. And everyone just assumed that it was pretty close. But that's not the reality of it. But now they can see this shit. And it will change for it anyway. But it's true that the reality is right now, You're operating it, and you know as a person that this is the reality of the world where you're living. You have to navigate it as such. It is so hard to not want to look at it, see the the unfairness of the entire situation, and want to operate in your life as if it's going to change in time for you to, to access that change. It's unlikely to happen. You need to act now. You can't wait for it to happen. So find a new job. Apply somewhere else. You're more employable while you're employed. And like I said before, especially if you have Blizzard on your fucking resume, your thumbs the fuck up. So go and find another job somewhere else. Fuck Blizzard. Let somebody else take the $4.99 that they're getting paid to crank out fucking mobile games and everyone scream and yell at you every time you release a game and the entire fucking Twitterverse and Instagram and everyone else tells all the developers to kill themselves. Let that be somebody else. 
Take a job somewhere else and get your money. Have your fucking family. Do whatever you want. Would I want to bring a fucking child into the world right now? Fuck no! Maybe wait that one out a couple of years. Because right now is a fucking crapshoot. And I don't mean just in terms of the economy. I mean, literally, if you go to the hospital to have a child, you're putting yourself at risk. Just don't do it. But if you want to, then yeah, you might have to make a change. And that's just how it is. It's why 10 years ago, and I'll stick my neck out for this, I said, get the fuck out of America. If you're under the age of 30, said eight years ago, sorry, somebody brought this up in chat when they dug it up. Eight years ago, get the fuck out of that godforsaken country because it's going to collapse. It's inevitable. And it took a pandemic to speed this shit up a little bit, but goddamn if it isn't happening right now. Get the fuck out of that country. Yes, other places have problems. But right now, if you are disillusioned enough to think that the United States of America is suddenly going to fucking pull up like it's a 747 tanking for the fucking ground, in the last possible second, Captain Phillips is going to take the dick out of his pants and push the thing down and pull that that fucking plane up at the last second and get it back into the sky just because Trump doesn't enter office at the end of this year? Then you're hitting hopes. You're hitting some high fucking hopes. But this is just another example. So, is it right? No. Is it the reality? Yes. Do you have to fight with reality? I mean, you can choose not to, but you might end up in the loony bin. So, the reality is, it's shit. It shouldn't happen. It will change. Not right now. Get another job. Work for somebody else. Fuck Bobby Kodak. You never see him unless this is the kind of shit that they're talking about or he comes down to make some sort of crazy merger. And that's just it. But there you go. Jason Schreier bringing the news in. Making the magic happen. Now for Bloomberg. There's some irony there probably. But we'll figure the irony out another time. Next up, Ninja steps back on Twitch randomly in front of 100,000 viewers. So it doesn't seem where... Uh, exactly, he's going to go. But it doesn't matter, because he gets 100,000 viewers regardless of where he he sets up shop. And to this point, we don't know if he's going to make a decision, decision because more recently he he noted that he is interested in moving into movies and voice acting is what he really hopes to be able to do. Do I think that Ninja looks like somebody that would get into movies and, and, and voice acting? No. Do I think he's going to end up on Twitch or YouTube? Yes. Do I know which of those two it's going to be? No. But I still think it's a better chance it's YouTube than Twitch just by nature of his relationship in the past with Twitch and uh, the, uh, the synergy of what he already has as a brand on YouTube. But he showed up on Twitch, and so who knows? It could fucking happen. It could happen. Do you think he's going to end up doing a movie, Jeff? Mm, I mean, do you see? Do you see Ninja I mean, showing up as in 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 the movie in a movie uh, just to have his name on the credits? Yeah, I mean, he's big enough celebrity at this point that I mean, somebody will pay him to show up and sell tickets to something. When he says movie, I mean it. It'd probably be like a small budget, you know, fuckery show or web series or maybe um in netflix something i don't know um but do i see ninja being a movie star or um you know no 
No, no, I don't. I think what it is right now is Ninja has made so much fucking money. He now has options and, you know, he's realizing that he doesn't need to, to stream if he doesn't want to. And that's must be very freeing for him. And so he's trying to, I'm what I'm, what I'm suspecting is I think he's trying to find fulfillment again. I think he's trying to, He's chasing the dragon, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had one dream to become su- super successful at streaming. He did that. He ran himself into the ground. There's been tons of controversy and success and ups and downs, and he's got there. And he's like, well, do I really need to go through all this again? I don't really need to. I do kind of want to try out this movie and voice acting thing. My star is big enough to give me a chance at doing that. So why not? I'm I think sure. He, I think he'll try it. And if it doesn't work out, he's got streaming. And if that... If he doesn't even want to do that, he just walk away. He's made enough money. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what he does now. He's got the money. So now it's just now he, now he's 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 chasing he's chasing the dragon. He needs yeah, to get like, that that high of finding something else and conquering another hill. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, a guy that built a company. He sold the company for a bajillion dollars. And yeah, he could go and use his expertise to go and build another company and join another startup and 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 help somebody out. Or he could just go and and do philanthropy work or uh, do a passion project and just go and live the next Dr. Lupo, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see where I'm going. Like, yeah, do whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. And I think that's what ninjas I think ninjas literally going to he's just throwing shit at the wall. And and people are uh, over analyzing everything he's doing because he's in the spotlight. And honestly, I don't think ninja really gives a fuck. You know, he turns on a stream on YouTube, turns on a stream on Twitch, probably gathering analytics on both, use it as pulling power and negotiations, figure out what he wants, see the reception, um, see what happens. And in the meantime, he's probably talking to agents, trying to figure something out to do a little voice acting, maybe getting into like a fucking little Pixar movie. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But the reality is he doesn't need anything anymore. And that's very freeing. And so whatever he does, I'm sure he's going to be very successful at it to a degree. And yeah, good on him. Do whatever you want. I'm just, I, I'm just interested if he, I think what you just said there as well. And we, and, and you raised that point podcasts ago now, when we were talking about what we thought his move would be after streaming on YouTube is that, yeah, he, he would probably pop up on Twitch so that he'd have comparative metrics and now he's going to make the two companies probably fight over who gets them yep. and see what kind of money he yeah. can get. And that's all we're going to wait for now is what, who's going to have the, the, you know, who wants him more. Yeah. And you know what? If the money isn't good enough, you might just hold out and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go do this stuff here on the side. I can still boot up a stream wherever and make tons of money. I don't need a 50, 60, 30 million dollar contract. I did this streaming thing without contracts for years. It's like Dr. Disrespect. You know, he's on YouTube right now. He doesn't have a YouTube contract. He's just streaming. And he's still going to make tons of money. So whether he gets signed or not, it doesn't really matter. These guys are in a position now and they're realizing, hey, I got some real star power. Pulling in some real big numbers. People will pay me large amounts of money to just be in presence. I mean, fuck, Doc could make music for Christ's sake. The guy's been making... These these uh you know these little tracks. I mean, I'm sure if you put on an album, 
the guy would sell a million copies and go platinum. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just know, by virtue of the size of his fan base, just wanting a meme, a meme album, he would definitely push a million. I, I, I think it is like these 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 streamers. Their star has gotten so big that the streaming world actually needs them more than they need the streaming world, and they're realizing like, dude, I'm a full blown celebrity. I'm pulling in numbers on my social media like fucking Kardashians. Like I, you know, I can make an Instagram post and make a hundred thousand dollars a post. I don't need to sit here ten hours a day to to a bunch of screaming fans that love or hate me. I don't need to deal with that anymore. I don't need that pressure. I don't need to put in all that time if I don't want to. I don't need to answer to really anybody. I'm my own man or my own woman now. So I think it really I think does. That, I think it also adds to the point what you just said about them, the the streaming platforms needing needing them more than them needing the streaming platforms, especially those that that got the money going to Mixer for sure. Um, is that I think it highlights that. That if they wanted to, these are people that are of the size, they could just stream on their own website and, and not no- need a platform at all and still make money. Lots and, of and, it. And so there is a, imagine, imagine if enough of these guys got together, let's say 10 of the high profile guys got together and made a site. It wasn't like they were going to try and make a Twitch, but just made a premium site where you yeah. get a bundle of the top streamers. Yeah. For just like just them, you get like your Doc and your Shroud and your Ninja and whatever. They come together. They form like a fucking streamer Voltron. Call it Voltron.tv. And you go over there and you get these five fucking people and their premium content just on this one site. You pay one fucking fee that spreads across all of them. They've already worked out internally who's getting what and call it a fucking day. They don't yep. have to put up like the 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 infrastructure to have millions of people trying to stream on the platform. They just do it for them and them only on an invite only basis. It's fucking exclusive. And I think th- I think that that's a very real solution for these guys that have made so much money now that they don't necessarily need to say, well, "Do I want to go to Twitch? Do I want to go to YouTube? Why would I do that? But I can just do it myself." Yep. And so I, uh, you know, maybe they. And- and they can just pop up on one of these streaming platforms and and stream when they want. I mean, honestly, at this point, for someone like Doc or Ninja to sign a contract if they don't really feel like streaming all the time is probably not even the best move. They can still get partnered, stream, make the regular money, and come and go whenever the fuck they want instead of being under all these constraints, and this is how many hours you have to stream, and this is what you have to do. And they can go do their own thing, and they can pop up on stream a couple times a week to stay relevant, to keep the hype going, to keep their name out there, and that's just it. Because the reality is, is their star power, their identity is streaming, and if they can just pop up and do that once in a while so that people don't forget about them, they're more than fine. Yeah, Uh, and (laughs) I don't expect... I don't honestly. I don't expect Ninja to just pop up and start streaming on the regular anytime soon. No. I think that I, he's really just doing whatever he wants on the outside, I think taking he's his to time. Know what he wants to do, I, exactly. I really do. I just think he doesn't even really know yet because there's no he, rush. And he was that eager to jump back in. He'd already be partnered with somebody and doing whatever, dude. He's taking his time. He's letting people sweat a little bit. He's he's figuring out his worth. He's literally streaming on streaming sites for what an hour or two. This isn't yeah. the ninja we know. The ninja we know comes in grinds all day. The dude is the dude has streamed like three times in the last fucking two months. 
You know what I mean? Like the guy is in no rush to do anything. So don't get your hopes up there, kids. Yeah. Uh, next up, Horizon Zero Dawn's port, as per Digital Foundry's uh, look into it, is unfortunately awful in terms of its performance, uh, which is weird given the fact that Death Stranding's port, which is the same graphics engine, the, the Decima engine, is very good and runs well. And so whether it is something within the engine that they did specifically for Horizon when they first released it for the PlayStation uh, that is now... Um, too much to overcome for a PC port, uh, because for example, there are a lot of things in the game that are locked to a 30, 30 FPS, even if other things are going faster. So like there are some body animations and stuff that can run at 60 or higher, but the facial animations are always 30 FPS. Um, there must be something in there that they had originally had when they were, when they were optimizing this for the original PlayStation and PS4 Pro that is causing them issues because again, and what, what this makes me think as well is that when Kojima made death stranding with that engine, he was already building it within Decima, but knowing that he would probably want to port to PC. And so didn't paint himself into a corner in the same way that guerrilla games might have with horizon zero dawn, probably thinking that they would never put it on the PC. Mm. And now that they are, they're hitting these problems. Is it patchable? Nobody really knows for sure. Um, the performance issues, and you can watch Digital Foundry's, uh, review to see, uh, what's going on there. Um, is it something that means that you shouldn't buy the game on PC? No, no. it still performs better than the console, and it looks better than the console. Is it dramatic, the difference? The frame rate, to a degree, depending on your hardware, yes, absolutely. Visually, it's not like some sort of monstrous upgrade over top of the console version. Is it... I think the problem with this is that they charge full price for it. And because the port, like I said before, if the port isn't smashed out of the park, that's when the price difference is really going to be a problem. Because yeah. right now you could convince more people to just go buy a secondhand copy for the PS4 and play it there and get 80% of the way there to the PC release. That's full yeah. price. Yeah. So um, that's going to be a challenge for them. I suspect we're going to hear from them about that. Because they're going to have to save face a bit here. They're going to probably come out and say, we're working on it. These are fixable. This is the timeline. This is what we're looking at. But right now, it's a bit rough. And I do suggest watching Digital Foundry if you're interested in it and you don't have a really a really powerful PC. Because some cards, for example, like the 1060, apparently really don't play nice with the game. And the 1060 is a very popular graphics card. Yeah, And so just maybe watch it and make sure that that you know what you're getting yourself into if you haven't you know gone ahead and, and pre-ordered it uh i will i'm also i plan on re-reviewing the game and so i'll have my hands properly on it and i'll be able to say as somebody with a pretty high-end system what it was like running for me and and uh somebody who's already played and beat the game before on the playstation if it's worth getting there or maybe just if you already own a playstation just picking it up on the playstation um that last piece we're going to skip because you're limited on time and it's not that important piece of news. So we're going to get right into some very quick sellout, Mr. Black. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Go and support the podcast if you haven't already, if you can. Um, and if you are a $10 or higher, you can uh, get some questions answered in our tech support uh, section. And your support also just keeps us 
going. So make sure you head on over there and uh, hit us up. Uh, we also got Elgato. If you guys don't already have a stream deck, go and pick one up. You can; Those are available everywhere. Um, they are great, big hotkeying systems. Uh, so you can open up programs, your favorite podcasts, your streams, uh, music. You can do work on them. I mean, you can virtually turn this uh, thing into a full-blown uh, hotkeying god for your in-game and out-of-game needs. Also, go and check out their new... Um, microphone products, the Wave products, which uh, are being sold out everywhere, so they are tough to get, uh, but definitely keep your your eyes open. They're USB, plug-and-go, amazing quality. Price point is the best in the business, especially for the quality. Um, great. I know I'm going to be using mine for when I do traveling and stuff. I can plug it into a laptop, and I'll have a, a microphone that'll sound great uh, right off the rip. Uh, along with they have green screens, they have uh, capture cards. You know, we've got the new consoles coming out. You can pick up a 4K uh, 60 frame HDR uh, capture card from Elgato. If you don't need a 4K, you can get a, a 1080. Um, they've or an HD. They've got everything you need. So go and check them out. Links are in the description. And we can't forget about NordVPN. If you guys don't already have a VPN service. Go to nordvpn.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT to get 70% off your subscription uh, on a three-year term. It is less than a cup of coffee, a, a cinnamon dolce latte at Starbucks. You can stay safe, anonymous, master IP, whether you're at home or out in public Wi-Fi zones. Uh, you can have up to six simultaneous devices at the same time. Uh, they have apps for your smartphone, your TV, uh, desktop, Chrome extension, uh, you name it. They can mask your IP. You can watch different uh, regions of Netflix by the click of a button. Super easy to set up. Anybody can do it. Literally, my parents use it. If they can do it, you most certainly can. <laughs> uh, so definitely go check them out. They're a big supporter of the podcast. We re-up with them till the end of the year. So I'm pretty excited about that. So thank you, everybody that's been supporting. And um, yeah, they also have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you get the um, you know, the service and it's not doing what you thought it w uh, was going to do for you, if you don't think the speeds are, are good enough or, or it's just, I don't know, uh, whatever the case may be, no questions asked within 30 days, you can get your money back. But people are not complaining about speeds. You can game on them. You can stream on them. You can stream and game on them. Uh, NordVPN is everywhere. You're seeing it everywhere. So definitely go check them out. I uh, have gamed, streamed at the same time using NordVPN off of a USB wireless adapter when my LAN ports were dead on my router. There you go. There you go. That? that literally tells you everything. <laughs> it can be Promo done. OTT. Go check them out. It can be done. Uh, and now it's time for a very truncated... Mm. Oh, movies and TV. <laughs> uh, there's really only one thing to talk about, and that's Mulan is being released on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Call me now mm. for your free tarot card reading. Well, the reason why uh, it is now coming out on Disney+, Plus is because they've had to delay the movie so many times uh, that they need to just release this movie. They need to make money. Uh, the quarter is coming up. Uh, Disney has lost about a bajillion dollars this year, uh, from, you know, not having their theme parks open and here's where things get crazy. So, um, Mulan is just going straight to Disney plus 
as a premium rental for $29.99. You also have to have Disney Plus in order to rent this. So this will uptick Disney Plus subscriptions. Uh, it will cost $30. We don't know from, from what I was reading if it's going to be unlocked for ever on Disney Plus, or it's only going to be a 48-hour period like other premium uh, services on different platforms. Um, There's also talks with uh, Disney uh, getting a lot of Fox movies and all this other stuff uh, integrating in with Disney Plus in the future. So uh, they're definitely making some big changes. They are not releasing Mulan in theater simultaneously this is going to be going to disney plus for 30 dollars. now what happens after that i thought there were some i thought there were some places that they were releasing it in theaters where it was still possible okay well i i didn't hear about that i yeah. didn't hear that it was going to be released That's not a lot but I, I, I read that they were still releasing it in certain theater i mean I, the, globally i'm not talking about like north america but i mean like globally there were places apparently where they were still going to show in theaters but for but for regions where they couldn't they were doing this with disney plus Mm, was what i I read a couple days ago yeah uh no it says mulan's theatrical release is canceled um from what i am from i'm just reading an article now so um movies will only be available to subscribers for additional 29.99 us fee on disney plus it is no longer heading uh, for major theatrical release, uh, and uh, yeah, that's okay. That's pretty much it. So maybe have, maybe that changed then. Yeah, um, they haven't uh released what it's going to cost for Canadians because right now it's twenty nine ninety nine US. It'd be thirty four ninety nine. Yeah. Um. So and that's higher than most uh POVs. I well, think it's ten dollars like, higher than Trolls. Yeah. Uh, cause they're usually 1999. Yeah. So, um, this, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. So AMC and, um, universal has made a deal. So first it was universal going, Hey, uh, we want to release both at the same time. And, and AMC was going not on my theaters. You're done. Well, AMC has gone behind every other studios back and they have, they have come up with a deal with uh, Universal for a 10%. So listen to this. They've changed the theatrical window. So before it was like 90 days or it was like, you know, it was like th- almost three months, whatever it was. Now they've worked out 17 days in theater. And within those 17 days, it has to be three weekends. So they can't release it on like a part of a week where they're, where they're only getting two weekends and then part of a week. There has to be three weekends if the the movie is out for 17 days they are then able to put it on their streaming platform for a premium download for everybody so they can't put it like free on netflix it would have to go um it, it, seeing as a universal universal would have to put it on their uh pay to play their their premium you know rental shit for whatever price universal will get 10% of, uh, or sorry, uh, AMC theaters will get 10% of that. Now, remember when I said, if they're going to put it on, uh, on, uh, premium that they're going to have to pay the theaters money from that 
in order to make up for the fact that they're losing in ticket sales and, you know, concessions and everything else. So um, what is what is crazy about this is no other theater has agreed to this. So Regal, all the other ones and no other company like Disney, all these other ones. This is just Universal making a deal with AMC. And uh, what what's what's wild about this is we are it's going to change the game because as other comp- as other theaters go to these say say Universal and they go hey Universal well I want ten percent well the problem is is AMC is the biggest theater chain in the world so their pull is going to be like no no I'm getting ten percent maybe uh, Regal gets four percent of the sales and these companies need to come in and get a piece of this stuff before there isn't anything left for Universal. So um, it's starting to turn into a crazy, the theater uh, world, it, they're, they're, they're shaking their boots. The whole NATO thing, the, the National uh, Association of uh, Theater Owners, whatever, um, they, the small theater owners could just get obliterated here because it could get to the point where only the major chains have deals with other, uh, other um, uh, studios and the small guys, since they don't hold enough theaters, they don't have any pull power. They can't get anything outside of uh, outside of just a, a small theatrical window if they even want to uphold that. So um, it's turning into a bloodbath. Um, they are keeping a theater uh, uh, to a degree. Now, this could all backfire on AMC, and this may not go through because they need to get other chains on board. Because if it's just AMC, and sure, Universal could just release their movies in AMC the- and chains and be okay, but Regal and all the other, you know, the Cineplexes and Cine- whatever other ones are out there, they may go, no, 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 I'm not agreeing to this, and I'm not playing your movies. So Universal will have to go, okay, well, maybe we only release in, in, in AMC theaters and then release digitally 17 days after to see how much money we make. So um, this is the deal that they that they that they did. The theater world is going crazy. NATO is losing her mind. Other theater chains are are salty, and uh, we will we will see what happens. But um, this is what I was talking about ages ago. There's no. They're not, not going to release at the same time. They're no. just shortening the window. But but you know what this is though. Yeah. You know what this is. This is the foot in the door technique, Jeff. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it the is. classic yep. sales technique of. You think you're getting a deal because we're agreeing to this, but this is us getting our foot into the door to get everything we want later on. This is like some vacuum cleaner salesman type shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is this is some Encyclopedia Britannica door to door in the 1950s type shit. This is whatever they can do to get their foot in the door, and uh, and it was bound to happen because again, it's it's economies of scale, which when you're streaming to millions and millions and millions and millions of people, economies of scale. They're just going to blow a fucking physical release out of the water eventually. If it's not now, it's not too far in the distant future. Uh, the average person getting a better and better home theater experience for less and less money is also going to make it challenging. It's going to be a constant like power creep for theaters to keep up with the theater experience when, when for uh, except for a select few movies on particular huge screens, like going to go see, you know, fucking interstellar and imax or some shit Mm -hmm. the majority of movies go to the movie theater for most people is just kind of fucking whatever and and so and for people 
you know, first of all, when I'm when we first talked about this, we said thirty dollars. Uh, when we said people they were going to possibly stream these movies as a premium cost, as they ended up doing, I didn't think it was going to be thirty bucks. It's steep. That's thirty steep. thirty dollars on top of the uh, is is steep. I think I said it was like I think I said it was going to be like fifteen or twenty bucks. Twenty bucks is is if you're if you're a family going to the movie theater, right? And and you're releasing. And there was say 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 you're releasing um cars for yeah. and you and it's a twenty dollar rental it's gonna sell like crazy because of families you're gonna take your your two three four kids parents one parent whatever maybe a kid's friend to the theater and you're gonna spend an easy hundred bucks so if you spend twenty dollars at home and you can pause go to the bathroom rewatch for the next couple of days it makes sense but with that being said at thirty dollars. Plus a Disney Plus subscription. Now, I'm not saying people aren't going to pay for it because people are going to pay. But this most certainly cannot be a norm price. I think Disney is doing it because it's Disney. It's a big budget film. They can get away with it. Well, I think they're also hedging their bets, too. Because like you said, when you were mentioning families, I think the key thing for Disney and other companies that are inevitably going to follow this, this, uh, this trend is... They have, they have to, and it's in fairness to them, they have to hedge their bets here. They don't know how many people are sitting in a fucking living room yeah. watching a movie release at somebody's house. You could be over like a UFC night where there's like fucking 20 dudes sitting in uh, a living room watching the fucking TV. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of money there. And so for them, they're getting the subscription, but it's, it's, and it was it was surprising to me that people complained that they were going to have to pay for it. Like they thought they were just going to release the movie onto the service that oh, you're paying fifteen dollars for. Hell I mean, no. think about that. If you're gonna if you give the if you have Disney Plus at home already, and you and the movie comes out in the theater, they don't just give you a ticket because you bought Disney Plus to go no. fucking watch the theater uh, movie in theater. It just doesn't work like that. And really, if you think about it, even if you didn't have Disney Plus, and you spent. $15 or whatever your introductory price, probably even less for your introductory price for Disney, even if it was full price, 15 bucks, and then you spend $30 on the movie, you're still probably 15 to $20 cheaper than if you were going to the theater with any more than one person. Yeah. So, but what people do under what, what, what also, and you do make good valid points. Yeah. I think, I think also though, is what people don't realize as well is there is an experience in going to the theater. It, it yes, is, there absolutely is. Yeah, there is value. There, there is a reason why it does cost a bit more. Sure, you, it's service. You're, you, it's an event. It's a date night for a lot of people. But this is still uh, less than the theater. Oh, by a by, by a, a long shot. Long, like so you could I, literally triple the amount of movies you watch in a year yes. by renting, opposed to going to the theater and spending the same amount of money. And there's a lot of people that would rather do that than do the movie experience in a theater. And yeah. so, like I said, I think that I don't think that this is necessarily something that's going to replace everything. I think what it's going to do is inevitably cause the number of theaters available to go down because it, they won't be able to scale it the same way because they're not the only option anymore uh, in terms of like recency of a, of a movie getting released. But what, what it will result in is, I think, overall higher profits for the people producing the movies, which again... In in my opinion, and I don't know the the industry inside and out, movie theaters or like NATO, NATO is like a, 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 a NATO is like a middleman. It's like middle management. And the first thing to get cut out when a company is is getting lean to make better profits, the first thing to go is Bob 
in middle management accounting somewhere that's been there for 20 years and that he was necessary 20 years ago, but Bob ain't necessary anymore and Bobby's going to go home now and that's how it's going to be. NATO, NATO is like, is, and, it, and the thing that made it even crazier when we originally talked about it was like, there were just, there's no paper, there's no sign, there's no contract that's holding this all together. This is literally yeah. like a really old old boys club where everyone oh, shook hands and yeah. said, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And that's inevitably going to fall to, we make more money over here. There's no contract. This is how it's going to fucking happen. And so well, we don't know yet. That's the thing is we actually, and, and, and Disney, Disney has not said exactly what they're planning on. If, if the uh, black widow is going to do the same thing, this is going to be a test. And there are a ton Sony, uh, Universal, all these other places that have been doing smaller movies, HBO, bringing those out and making people pay. The real test is Disney. Disney is the juggernaut of the box office. They quite literally billions and billions and in, in the tens of billions a year is being made at the box office in theaters. So this is the test. If this is a big success, a big success, then Disney can just throw their dick down and people will follow. People will absolutely follow. But Disney still does need the theaters as well. They're not going to just go straight digital and that's the show. They, If anything, they will work out a deal very similar to what AMC has done with Universal. And they will be able to have a smaller theatrical window to give an audience the opportunity to watch their movie within 17 days Maybe even 14 days. They might even get a better deal. Who knows? But I think what it'll be is it'll be the same across the board for the theatrical window. The the profit cuts might be different depending on your size and your value. But ultimately, um, this is good for the viewer because they have options. And this is really, really bad for small theater owners and small theater chains because the reality is... <laughs> If if they can't work out a deal and just accept whatever these uh, these studios are offering them, they're done. They're toast. They're, it's just going to be the big theaters that are going to get the huge pie, and the small theaters will just end up selling to the big theater chains, and then they'll just turn, they'll just buy out all of all the small shit, and your favorite mom and pop theater or your small chain. Well, that shit was going to happen anyway. It, or that, regal. Right? That was going to happen anyway. Like, yeah, like that was that was just that's the nature of the beast in general. Anyway, is that they uh, they just come in. Eventually, they can't keep up. And they get bought out. But what you also might see now with a smaller theatrical window is you're probably going to start to see Netflix and Amazon have have their their movies that are created for their platform go into theater first, and then it'll be there for 17 days, and then you can go and watch it for free if you want, on Netflix or uh, Amazon. That's what you're going to see because why not, why, if, if that um, Chris Hemsworth movie that came out, The Extraction, yeah, yeah. whatever, Yeah. Um, and now The Rock got a movie coming out, uh, I think, uh, on Netflix in the future, a big-ass budget film. I know, uh, I think uh, Ryan uh, um, Deadpool, um, Reynolds, yeah, I think Ryan he's got Reynolds, a yeah. thing coming these are big budget. Like these are like two hundred million dollar, hundred fifty million dollar movies. You're gonna start to see now Netflix infiltrate the theater market, get a big box office payout, right? It won't. It won't be you know Marvel type money or or a big known 
franchise or maybe, you know, whatever. Some might actually surprise. But even if they can make $40, $50 million in 17 days in the box office and then go to Netflix for free for everybody to watch, but if you want to watch it on the big screen, you can go there. You're going to see Netflix movies guarantee go in the theaters if there isn't this three-month theatrical window anymore. I think I think what I would like to see out of all of this and what I think is inevitably going to happen as, as well is if they're going to want to keep this high $30 uh, entry fee is what people are going to, uh, what they're probably going to have to experiment with to some degree is what they did with some movie tickets where you buy the movie ticket and you get the option to have the digital fucking release at home off of yeah. their service. Especially Disney yeah. like like was a big proponent of that. Yeah. Uh, where if you were buying their Blu-rays or whatever, you were getting digital copies. Well, if you're going to have somebody spend $30 on the fucking movie uh, as a rental at home, you might as well provide the digital copy so that they can unlock own it, it. Yes, and unlock, unlock it. it. Yeah. And then regardless if they're paying Disney+, Plus, they have, they, it, they have it forever. And yep. I think I think that if they do that, the amount of money they make goes, goes up. up even more. Think about it, right? That Mulan is going to go on Disney Plus for free to watch at some point. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. It's going to take like maybe three months, right? But it's going to go free to play. So if you're spending $30 and you already have a Disney Plus subscription, then just unlock it permanently from there on out on day one. That way you can watch it as many times you want for as long as you want. And then when it comes out for free, you already own it. Like, or you already have it unlocked on your service. That's what they need to do. It's either that or they need to lower the ticket price by like five bucks if you are a member of Disney Plus and allow people to to order it for full price without getting a subscription. Yeah, and we talked about that as a discount option if because we were talking about releasing to digital early, but not on the services, but as like anyone can rent it. Yeah. And but then if you have a Disney Plus subscription, all of a sudden you're getting it for a discounted price, which I think is yes. probably also something you'll see maybe not Disney experiment with but maybe Netflix or somebody's going to experiment with it. We're going to see a lot of experimentation and monetization of how yeah. to get these movies to digital faster. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's it was inevitable. We're just, like many things, the pandemic has put the fast-forward button on uh, on this inevitably happening. Can I get you for 10 minutes so we can do like a couple oh, yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good All we're right, good. hit us up with, uh, with the next segment. Tech support. Ladies and gentlemen. Every week, Technical Alpha on Patreon, patreon.com slash lag TV. You can ask uh, questions. We put up a, uh, a post every week. It's called Tech Support, believe it or not, uh, where you can ask us these questions, and then uh, we answer as many as we can during the time we can at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the podcast. And it's just that simple. $10 or more a month. You can do it too. First question comes in from a man we haven't seen in a hot minute, Jeff, so I have to ask, even though it's a question that will be a very Is short Aaron answer. Carter? It's Aaron Carter. There it is. Welcome He's back, alive. Aaron. Aaron right. Carter's still alive and kicking. Uh, thoughts on the on the whole Simps Pokemane drama thing? Have you heard anything about that, Jeff? No, I don't know. I didn't hear about it until somebody brought it up in my chat here the other day, and apparently what it was is that there were massive rumors flying around that Pokemane actually has a boyfriend and has been keeping it secret um, from the rest of the world. Uh, and and running, you know, monetizing the everlasting fuck out of the uh, the simp market. The simp stocks through the roof, uh, mm. and then as soon as that uh, as soon as that information got out and it had any amount of credibility, uh, her viewer numbers and subscriptions and stuff started to go in the other direction. 
Which is not surprising because I mean, really, I mean, think about it. Desperate fuck boys out there, bro. It's the same. Look, I I hate to make this because this analogy, but it's the reality of it is that it's this is the same thing in K-pop, the K-pop industry, and Uh, and it probably wasn't dissimilar in the industry here when pop music and group and idol groups were a a popular thing here in the late nineties. They're not allowed to date people. Yeah, yeah. And it's because there is a massive amount of value in simps. I hate using that word because it's a Zoomer word, but you know what I mean. There's a lot of fucking money in in the average dude at home sitting there going, that 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 fucking 14 out of 10 Korean chick singing music right now doesn't have a man. There is this, you know, insert Jim Carrey, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. And that makes money. A lot of money. Yes. And so, yeah. Pokimane... That's why, that's why in the boy band era, none of them ever talked about having girlfriends. And the ones that were gay never came out as gay because it would... Lance wasn't coming out talking about swinging dick on the weekends, Jeff. No, because because it's 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 money. You know, you want it's an image. And you, you're, you're selling it. You're selling an image. She knew what she was doing. There's a reason why, right? Like, and I don't fault her for it. You know what I mean? And plus, to be honest with you, it's nobody's fucking business. No, it's not. If if she got a boyfriend, mind your own fucking business. She wants to tell you she can. If she wants to keep it a secret and pretend like she doesn't, she can do that too. And let's let's keep it a hundred. It's not even just the fact that it's marketable. God give have mercy on the soul of the guy that <laughs> that that people find out who it is. The dude is going to get like fucking bombarded, blasted, hated, fucking it'll be the I, I you wouldn't even want to date the chick. You'd be like, "What the fuck the is the is is the vagina that good?" Where <laughs> I got to deal with the, with an onslaught of of fucking an army of just straight simping fuckboys <laughs> that like I just crushed their dreams. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, fuck that. I I'd, I'd want to protect him too. That shit's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And so uh, she did She did what anyone should do in her position with fuck you money. She took a month off. Yeah, why not? She got the fuck out and probably hoping that this is all going to go away. It uh, over the, It's not, but, you know, at least she'll get away from it for a month and uh, and worry about it later. But, I mean, my God, it is... It's crazy. It's nobody's business, but it's also, it's also part of the game. Not just in mm-hmm. terms of making money, but also... You you see what happens when people even think there's a chance that she has a boyfriend. If she has a boyfriend, like Jess said, and they find out who he is, that guy that guy is fucked. Yep. Relationship over, bro. Like that, like there's only a handful of men on earth that would be able to shoulder the weight of that many cucks yep. at once. Yep. I mean, carry all the groceries in from the car at once you want. You can't carry that amount of neck bearded haven't seen my dick in three years type of simp shit. It's just not going to happen. See, get out. Yep. Absolutely crazy. So I feel for her, honestly. I'm not even a massive Pokemane fan, but I mean, that shit's just fucking wild. But (laughs) God help whoever that guy is. I wouldn't be surprised she has a boyfriend. Not that it matters, but it wouldn't. I mean, let's be honest. It's Pokemane. Like anyone, like why, why would she not have a fucking boyfriend? It just makes sense. Exactly. 
Leave her alone, man. Fuck. And even if she doesn't, who Holy gives shit. a fuck? Yeah, just let her live her fucking like, life. Let her live her goddamn life, dude. Fucking losers, man. I'm, I'm sorry, but Jesus. She's not, dude, she's not dating you. I promise you that if she has she's a boyfriend, not he's not on Twitch, and he probably barely even understands what the fuck Twitch is. Probably. Because I would tell you this right now as somebody who's dated both inside and outside the industry, outside the industry, way better way to go. It's just easier. Next up, Alexa, being streamers. This was upvoted four times. Being streamers, you guys don't experience the excitement of clocking out on a Friday evening. Do you miss anything about the nine to five job? Would you ever consider going back even for a brief moment, Mr. Black? Um, no. Uh, you won't see me working on nine to five ever again. Working unless, nine to five. Unless things go very wrong. I mean, you, you do what you got to do to provide for your family, but you know, I've set put myself in a position where, and I just, I'm just too ambitious to, to I'd be out of that life f- so fast. I'd be like the guy that's getting underpaid at Blizzard. I'd go, okay, Blizzard. Hey, my boss there, whoever my fucking boss is, fuck you. And I'm going to fucking be way more successful than your fucking greedy ass. And I'm going to do it myself. That, that's just my mentality, right? I just go and get it done. So the answer is no. Uh, is there stuff that I miss about it? Yeah, there is stuff I miss about it. I miss the structure to a degree. Like, um, the, and, I, and, I, and I say that because there is a lot of accountability and self-discipline and um, um, just... It's more responsibility. Everything is on your shoulders uh, when, you, when, you, when you're your own man or woman. Um, would I want that to be like that all the time? No, but it would, have, it would be nice to experience um, that not level of stress uh, just once in a while. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's not like I'd go, I, I'd much rather that. But the structure... Um, because you know, you know, you have to wake up at this time, be here, be, you know, it, it just it is a way I'm pretty disciplined. So I'm, I'm pretty good about it. But you know, when, when you've got a boss, you know, you better go and do it or your ass is getting fired, right? Like you, you, you're, there is no, oh, well I, I, this happened. That's only going to work so many times. Um, and the other part is the biggest thing, the absolute biggest is interaction with people. Um, just going to work. And being in the trenches with your coworker who equally hate their life as much as you, and you can talk shit and just relate on that level, um, even though like, yeah, you know, a lot of nine to fives are exactly what you ranted about earlier. It sucks. It's not fun. You find, com- oh. you find commonality mm-hmm. and so you get to complain about it and it makes it easier. It- Exactly. Like you, you have. It's like a fucking have, coping me- mechanism for working a shit job is complaining about it with other people that also yeah. do that job. And the thing is, is I don't really have that in my life because people don't, a lot of the people in my life don't operate like I do. And so automatically, if I complain about my situation, they look at me like I've got 10 heads and they're like, dude, you don't even know what bad is. You know what I mean? That's, that's their outlook. They're like, I work the nine to five. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, so I get that a lot. I I get that from, you know, my mom, my mom doesn't even, you know, she doesn't even, she can't even fathom, you know, when you sit at home and you play games to to a ton of people, like she knows I work very hard, but don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she she doesn't. But there is this disconnect where where they 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 look at at least from my line of work, they don't look at it as work. They know it's work, but work to them is busting your ass, slaving, 
you know, working that that shit job when they look at yours as a dream, you know. Well, but and here's the reality of it too: is job. that yeah, is that is that pretty much any job? I mean, it's it's like how difficult is everyone's job? It's all relative. So like exactly. you go if you go to if you go to school for engineering and and it's you you it's tough to learn the skill for most people as an engineer. Then you get into the job. You're just in the job working the job, and that's and that's and that's what it is. It's it's, and then if you took an engineer and put them in our job and got them to do it, it there'd be they'd have to relearn a whole different skill set, even though it doesn't seem like a skill set. Mm-hmm. There's a skill set involved. Otherwise, everyone would be able to do it and be successful. And so, but there is because because at the end of the day, it can be reduced to you play video games for a living. It makes it easier to look at and. And say, well, that's not that difficult of a of a thing to do. Yep. Um, uh, and you know, those are obviously exceptions to that. Like, you don't want to be a pipe fitter in a fucking oil field, but you know what I mean. the The reality is, is that everyone has their own their own uh, challenges. And then the thing too is that people assume that just because you're you're at home and working from home, that you're always available all the time to do something else that isn't work. Exactly. Like any point in the time, any point in the day, it's like yeah. like if I'm just sitting in my office and I'm not like streaming, but I'm like I'm doing something else then there's an assumption sometimes that I'm just readily available to do whatever that's, the fuck. That's not it. That's just not it. And that's just not how it works. I mean, you no. could, you could uh, like, and that would be the, the reality is like, I could do my exact job and just put it in a shed three streets over and get up and go to work in the morning. And, and, and it wouldn't be any different than me going to an office and being done work by 1130. And you're just, you're, you're in the office but you're not there to just go and do, you can't just like go and do like errands and like yeah. every other, like whatever. Do I miss the nine to five? Um, like Jeff, I, sometimes I miss the structure of it because, uh, when you work for yourself, you have to force yourself to do it. And even if you're good at self-motivation, there are long stretches of time where that is extraordinarily difficult to do, um, and maintain it on a day-to-day basis. And so the structure I miss a bit, um, where, you know, you know your role. You wake up, you have your coffee, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you're there from nine to five, you clock out as soon as that bitch hits five o'clock exactly, you yep. leave, you go home, your work is back there now. It's it's back it's back in the office somewhere, or it's back at the at the at the yep. at the restaurant or the fucking whatever. It's back there. You get home, you do whatever. Friday hits. You pop that fucking song that, that went around on Instagram, uh, like fucking Mufasa. You know, it's the Friday song and he's jamming and shit. You're excited because it's Friday and you got a couple days off. There, yeah, there, there are aspects of it, but the upsides to it for me have at least to this point, and I'm always re-evalu- uh, reevaluating, like once a year for me, because I'm not swimming in fucking money, I do make more money than most people in the, where I live, but it's not so much that it's like, I wouldn't at some point look at it and go, I reevaluate every year and go, you know, maybe I should do something else for the long term or like for more, if I, if it's not going to like the person at Blizzard, is it not going to provide for me if I want to have a family, then maybe I have to, or if it's not going to work for a family schedule, maybe I have to change that shit. Yeah. But the upsides to it are, are outweigh the downsides still to this day by miles. Oh yeah. Oh. Not having to answer to somebody else, not having to wait for somebody else to do work so that you can continue to do your own work drove me fucking crazy because I always yep. worked faster than everyone else. Not having to uh, kiss ass and do office politics is my number one don't give a fuck, couldn't possibly ever want to experience and have to do that shit ever again because I'm bad at it. 
I can't do it. I can't kiss somebody's ass. I'd yeah, rather I, I'd I, rather I'm tell them too. to suck yeah. my dick than yep. kiss their ass. You'd be fired real quick. I'd be fired real quick. I literally, yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that I was only on a short contract, I would have been fired at my last job because I had an open argument in front of other employees where I made the president's fucking uh, son look like a jackass in front of the entire marketing department. And if it yep. wasn't for the fact that he was five foot four, and when I stood up, he went to the edge of the doorway because I was a lot bigger than he was, I'd be fired. Yep. Be over. Yep. And so I got out of the game for that. <laughs> like I said earlier, I got the fuck out the game. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cut out for that shit. And so, you know, some people can do it because they like playing the game. Yep. It's like, you think I'm kissing your ass, but I'm only doing it for my own benefit, but I can't do that shit. So I don't miss yep. that part. But yeah, working for yourself is definitely chef's fucking kiss to this day. And while it is tiring sometimes, it's worth it. It's still worth it. All right, let's get one more in here. Uh, there's a lot of questions this week. It's a rare week. There's a lot of questions. So if you guys have had uh, your questions can, answered, we go 10 minutes. minutes. Okay. Um, Kimmitz says, I actually liked Ed from Night to Day Fiance. There's never a nice way to say that your breath smells bad, but he tried to be sensitive. Like, for example, not so, not so pretty of a smell. Do you like Ed? And also, who is the worst character on the show? Um, Ed's a fucking asshole. And not because of the breath, the bad breath smell thing. But if you watch the, the tell all shit that happened afterwards and you just see how Ed interacts with people in a less candid or more candid, I should say, environment. The dude's a fucking asshole. Like an, uh, like an honest to God asshole. And there's a reason his ass is single and will probably remain single for the rest of his days where he can like awkwardly hold that dog until the end of time. It's because Ed's an asshole. Uh, however, there are worse people on that show. Um, yeah. what's her, yeah. what's her name? Uh, that, uh, with, uh, um, soldier boy. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. I fuck. I forget her name, but yeah, that chick, she was the worst by miles. Oh, yeah, She was just mean spirited or just hateful. She fucking. held back his fucking money. They had a big freaking legal dispute about I that. Heard. I heard. So yeah, all kinds of fuckery. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, as for Ed, like, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he's a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it is, it is, he makes it, for good TV, good TV, you know, in a way you can tell he's got a good heart, but you know, it's yeah, no, he's not yeah, good it, with it, words. He's not good. He's not good with words. Yeah. Uh, Alexa asks, what's the worst pain you've ever felt? And would you relive that same pain for $10,000? Uh, running into the back of the parked car and smashing my left testicle on the uh, vertical uh, member of the bicycle handle uh, at about 40 kilometers an hour. I'm going to tell you this right now. No. Not for 10,000. I might think about it for 100 Gs, but I ain't going to do it for 10. Uh, and the closest thing to that was actually recently. Uh, when I went to the massage therapist, normally I have them do in between my shoulder blades is by far the worst part of my body. It's always bad. It affects my breathing, fucks me right up. And it's really hard. It, it fucking hurts, but I can still normally stomach it. I have a pretty high pain threshold. I don't move off the table, whatever. For the first time she ever, uh, ever, I had my, my, uh, piriformis, which is like the top part of your, uh, your ass and hip joint, glute medius, glute minor all worked. And it, for the first time ever, I actually yelped mm. in pain 
mm. uh, and had to sit up on my elbows while they were doing it because it hurt so bad I was sweating. Damn. Uh, it was really bad. Uh, that was that was arguably more painful, but I would rather do that than hit my fucking testicles all over again for sure. For 10 Gs, yeah, I can stomach that shit, but I don't want to hit my testicles for 10 Gs ever again. That was just a bad, was a bad fucking time. Uh, but yeah, that, that shit actually fucking hurt. I've never, I didn't think my hips were that bad. I know they crack every time I stand up, but I didn't think they were that tight. She put an elbow in there, and I actually thought I was going to die. Uh, that was, I was sweating instantly. It was like a weird thing where it was like a painful shit comes on, and you go from no sweat to sweat in like full-blown full sweat instantaneously. Mm. It was bad. What about you? Uh, can you can you ask the question again? It was uh, what was the most pain you've ever experienced, and would you do it again for ten thousand uh, dollars? Most pain. Um, um. I mean, when I broke my arm, it was pretty painful. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be. Yeah, I broke my arm, and it was bad. Um, I was young though, so I don't really remember the pain. I just know that it was fucking awful, especially when they were pulling it back resetting and resetting it, yeah. resetting it. And there was like a piece of bone that was sticking out. I still have a scar there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that shit was painful as all fuck. Adrenaline's uh, a hell of a drug. And, and so imagining that, that without the adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, I fainted like once, once yeah. they, uh, once they started pulling that shit, they tried to put the gas mask on me to like put me to sleep and they just needed to get it done. Cause, um, and then they just were pull. I remember the doctors pulling on my arm. My mom was there and, uh, yeah, I just passed out. I woke up in the dark room with a cast on. And then I woke up to them coming in saying, Hey, um, they had a soft cast and they go, Hey, um, and unfortunately the, the arm isn't set correctly. So we're going to have to reset it. And, Right after he said reset it, I fainted again, and then I woke up and I was in a full cast, and they had already done it, and I had no idea. Hey, that's a bonus. You, yeah. you, you, your body said, "I'm going to do you a solid, bro. Let's bro, just I, fucking cut it right now." That's I, literally. I remember it. I was in junior high. It was a grade seven, and I just I remember fainting in the room, like waking up, and then literally as I'm waking up, the light comes on. It's like they knew I woke up. And they're like, hey, unfortunately, we got to reset it, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I out, fainted again, woke up, and this time in a different room with a full-blown cast, and I will spend the night. So, yeah. Uh, no. For $10,000? No. No. I'm not doing that again. That's a pass. It's a big pass for me. That is definitely a pass. All right. Uh... I don't know if we answered this, but maybe, maybe we did. Maybe you'll remember if, uh, if we did. Will asks, what is something that you missed since the lockdown started that you didn't think you would? And what is one thing you haven't missed that you thought you would? Um, the thing that I, the thing that I do miss is going to the movie theater. So I miss, um, going out, um, just kind of escaping, going to the movies and IMAX, having a popcorn, a poutine and, uh, sitting down and watching a movie for a couple hours. I do miss that. Um, it's not as bad because I can still watch movies here at home, so it's not as bad, but I do miss it. Um, as for the thing that I thought I would miss more, um, geez. Man. 
I mean, that just tells you when I can't really think of it. I I mean, going out for sushi. Um, I actually just missed doing that. So I I guess like uh So uh something I don't, I don't know. I, I I literally can't think of something that I used to do that I thought I would miss, but I don't. Cause I actually miss going to get sushi. Uh and I actually miss going to the theater, which are really the only two things I really did on my own anyway. And a lot of the stuff that that I used to do, like go for a drive or go for a walk. I, I can do that now. Um, you know, I can go to the grocery store, the liquor store, you know, have my mask and my hand sanitizer and stuff. So I can still do that. So um, I guess, I guess like the closest thing would be is to like, just go out and have a date night, like go out with my wife to a restaurant and stuff. Like tons of people are still going to restaurants and stuff. I haven't done that yet. Um, I'm still a little too paranoid. Um, you know, if I didn't have a little son at home, I, I'd probably be a little more careless. And when I say a little more careless, I don't mean as in I would go without a mask and things like that, but I would be willing to, uh, you know, do something that should be safe anyway, but I'm just like, I'm still <laughs> a little, a little paranoid. And I know that my son would be, you know, highly unlikely he would even be ultrally affected by it, but I, I'm still that way. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. So I guess like, just like going out and going, having drinks and, and having a bite to eat with my wife or hanging out <clears throat> going for wings with the boys or something. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I would have missed getting together like in person with friends more than I have. And I haven't missed it that much. I wasn't one to go out a lot anyway, but I did enjoy going out, you know, now and then. But I think I've just gotten used to not. Like, I've just gotten used to just calling them and talking to them on the phone or whatever and not going out. I'm more of an introvert anyway. Um, The thing that, that took me by surprise, though, was I actually just miss going grocery shopping and not having to worry about the fucking plague. Like, mm. I, I, like the normalcy of just going... To a grocery store, not waiting in a line, not having to social distance, not having to wear a mask, not thinking about what did I touch in what order, sanitizing my hands uh, at the appropriate times, getting it home. We've got fucking bleach water mixes for plastic containers for like salad stuff and whatever. It's all wiped down. It's just there's more time involved. It's 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 more of like. Like, we're lucky here because we don't have any active cases, so, like, you're still cautious, but it's yeah. not as nagging in the back of your mind, but... uh Bro, I would survive if I lived in some of these other places. Like, I would be on ultra... I wouldn't leave the house, bro. I'd be, yeah. like, fucking... I would be on edge. I'd be that dude complete. I know people are like, oh, you can't live in fear, bro. I'd, I'm not even a lie, bro. That'd be me. I'd be like, dude, I'd be going out like a hazmat suit. I'm not even joking. I'd be that, like, fucking paranoid. So the fact that we don't have any active cases and stuff, like it's great, but you know, schools around the corner <laughs> and you know, province is opening up. So yeah, it's a matter of time. It's coming. Yeah. It's going to be really, it's coming. It's going to be interesting to see how it works here for sure. Cause up to this point in the last couple of months, the only new cases we've had are from tra- travel. So yeah. if, if, 
and why I keep saying it, and funnily enough, our premier is stepping down, uh, as of today, by the way, for the province. Um, all I want is for them to stop the travel, because if we did that, then school is probably pretty safe. Wear your masks, do your, your protocol, but it's probably fine. We're in a very unique situation, but they refuse to fucking do that. More Americans, more fucking, you know, Ontario, whatever, they always find a way in, and they're the only cases we ever get. And so we, we could get lucky, but it's, people are just going to have to be more, uh, you know, continue to be diligent here and hopefully they continue to be that way. Let's do one more and call it a day. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, we can answer this one, I guess. Dude, dude, since this is related to what we talked about, uh, something we talked about earlier, what is your favorite and your least favorite job-related activities? Uh, my least favorite part of my job? Um, doing invoices and, uh, like, paperwork. Um, you know, like the accounting stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely not the most fun. Um... And and you said my favorite part? Yeah, so your least favorite and your favorite part, yeah. Oh, my favorite part is just hanging out on stream and, and interacting with people and just having a good time. Like, when you get caught up in those moments, it truly isn't work, you know? And I've been having more and more of those as of late. Like, you know, just the stream has been great. The uh, content has been so much fun. So it's been feeling less and less like work, and it's been feeling more and more like of authentic fun that you would have as a gamer without a job. You know what I mean? Like just a just a good fucking time. So that when 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 all of that, like when you're when you're gaining traction for me, I'm speaking on for me, when I'm gaining traction, I'm successful um, and, and, and things are moving up in the right direction. I, I almost allow myself to enjoy the process more and I don't overanalyze things. I don't think of the negative parts as much. But when it's not going great, I overanalyze a lot of the negative stuff and make it bigger than what it needs to be. And, and then it just feels more like work. So yeah, just, just having fun with the community. That's what a community is all about. Just chilling and, uh, escaping. Yeah. Just, just an escape. Uh, it's just a good time. So yeah, those are the best and worst parts. Yeah. I would say, you know, paperwork is, is shit no matter how you slice it. And it's annoying as fuck. Even if you don't have a lot of it, you never like, I hate, tax time even even using an accountant it's the idea of having to because even if you have all your receipts and everything you still have to sort them you still have to fucking make sure you have everything like properly documented you still one of my least favorite things is seeing the email roll in that twitch requires me to redo my fucking tax form every single godforsaken fucking year uh because it's just an annoyance it only takes about 10 minutes but it's just an annoyance that stuff drives me freaking nuts so yeah the paperwork side is is definitely uh, bothersome. Uh, and then beyond that, for me personally, as I shifted into doing my reviews and stuff again, I love doing reviews, but the, just like anyone who would do gaming reviews, the worst part is when you have to, you get into a game and you're playing a shit game, uh, or you're playing a game that isn't all that great. And, and you, you don't, you don't have a choice. If you're going to continue reviewing games, sometimes you're going to play shit video games. It's just the way the fucking goes. You don't get to like choose something that you like and just grind the fuck out of it. You you have to play a lot of different games, and so uh, it's it. 
it takes the fun part out of waking up and going, I get to stream today, it's I'm waking up, I get to stream today, but I have to play a shit video game, uh, yeah. because I'm trying to make it, you know, my, my work to review this so that somebody else hopefully doesn't have to play this shit <laughs> video game. <laughs> That's kind of the way it goes. So, yeah. uh, and then as far as like what I like about it, it's you know, similar to you. It's, it's, it's when, when you're playing something that you like and you're having that moment where you're not even thinking about the fact that you're working and it all, everything is just clicking and yeah. the chat's interactive and, and they're enjoying themselves and you're enjoying themselves and, yeah. and whatnot. That's like, that's peak. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the peak, uh, of the job. And, um, and like for, cause for any content creator of any kind, live or not live, it's, it's being able to share your content that you're creating with other people, uh, and receive positive comments back, seeing yeah. that they are enjoying your content. That's the fucking, that's the dream, you know? And, and on the YouTube side, it's become almost, it's become harder and harder to find because there's less and less people that are seeing the content, less and less people in the habit of actually commenting at all. Um, yep. and on Twitch, it's even similar to that now where unless you've got something really specific happening, um, the chat's not always going to be super active or it's just a bunch of memes or it's like side stuff or whatever, which is nice. But the real fucking, the reason why people create content is it's a selfish thing, really. You want to create content because you want to hear that somebody else likes what you're what you're creating. Mm-hmm. That's the that's what you want from people. Yeah, we like to make money, but ultimately, if we're not receiving positive feedback on the content we're creating, it makes it substantially harder for us to want to go and make content. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. It's why starting a stream is so difficult. You see, and why why people will say don't have the view count number up. You see your view count at one or two people or zero people. Yeah. You got no, you got no feedback. You don't yeah. want to fucking do it. Yeah. You're putting YouTube videos up for months on end and the YouTube algorithms fucking in the, in the pooper. Yep. It gets harder and it. harder to want to do it. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's definitely, uh, the best part is when all that's happening and the, the planets align and it's fucking euphoric. And when I first started streaming and probably you the same and the industry was new, and oh, everyone man. was in it. Every day was euphoria. Every day was euphoria. <laughs> Every yeah, and that's why you saw people early on 14, 18 hour streams, and it was like they never ran out of energy, us included. It's not because we're old men. We're fucking in our thirties, for God's sake. We're not, yeah, we're not fucking ninety four. Yeah. We're not. You know, we're not ancient. It's not that like we don't have energy to do shit. It's no. just that it's different now. Whereas before it was like you just, everything was new. It was exciting. And not just for the streamers, but for the viewers, they were engaged, way more engaged. And it wasn't just memes all the fucking time. And it was like, there was actual, like, yeah, everything was more engaging. There was, there was, uh, everything was better. And I know it seems like rose tinted glasses, but short of the monetization options available to us now as content creators, literally everything else was better eight years ago yeah it's just it's just jaded and money driven and um it's just different there's still some great man like well still great but it's just it's just it's it's just different different. it's different and i and part of it is also we've been doing it for you know damn near 10 years you know we've seen it all you know the honeymoon phase is over doesn't mean that we still can't love it love it And, and you know it's like a marriage you know what i'm saying it's like you know when you first for the most part, if you, if you made the right decision, everything is just fucking, you know, every day is amazing. Can't wait to see the person. 
you know, or the, the day you start dating somebody, it's like very lust. It's like, oh my God, it's so exciting. I just want to know more about you. Like, oh my God, this is so great. You fucking like fucking, you know, jackrabbits and, fu- you know, everything is just, it's lovey-dovey. And then eventually, you know, you get used to it and it becomes repetitive. doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but, you know, you just got to figure out different ways to stimulate uh, um, those uh those senses or that that those those feelings of of excitement and fresh and and things like that it's there if you want it to be there but if you want to turn a blind eye to what we have uh and you want to be jaded about it and and you don't want to enjoy it it will be miserable uh and it will not be fun um and you'll come up with every excuse that this is a fucking god awful thing and uh yeah that's just the way it is i've been there and done that in my streaming career um but you know, if you take it by the bullhorns and you, and you give it everything you got, yeah, it's not perfect. But at the end of the day, we get to play games for a living. We get to hang out here every Thursday and have a podcast with people, for the most part, that have been with us for almost a decade. And, you know, we, we get to be rewarded for it, not only for people listening to our dumbass opinions on a lot of shit, uh, but then we also get financially rewarded and we're able to... Uh, take care of our families to a degree. I mean, not off just the podcast, but you know what I mean? Like we, you know, we are supported for this as well. And that's very rewarding. So, you know, it's great. Um, But there is, there's definitely some not fun parts. So, well, it's just, yeah, like it's, it's there. It was, it was definitely, I do miss early days just because every day was fun. Like it's definitely not from being a Mr. Miyake. Financially rewarding us with 20 gifted subs. Thank you, Mr. Miyagi. Hell yeah. Bless you. Bless. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, uh, it was... It's always about, and you've, 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 like you were just mentioning, you've found different, different avenues or, or different things over uh, time with the stream to, uh, to try and get some of that excitement back yep. in the job. Some of that euphoric you know, stuff back. I've chased the fucking dragon, uh, for a long time. I have not been nearly as successful as you have in terms of finding something that I latch onto so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, I wish I, I, I still had that, that feeling, you know, you wake up in the morning and yeah. you want to do nothing but stream but and work dream. and that's yeah. it because yeah. it was, it was just fucking, it was the show. Uh, and everyone else was, was super excited too. And it was a very exciting time. It was the wild fucking West. Um, and like you said, it was it's like still that for a while. I mean, it was like that for, it was like that for like four years. Like, yeah. seriously, yeah. Like, like, it was a hot minute three years where like shit was like, holy fuck. Like I remember I look back at videos and when I deleted all my content on Twitch, like just reminiscing of the times and, and there was just something different about me back then where it was like, man, if you only knew uh, where you'd go. And but like, you know, and the crazy thing about it was, is I never really thought of the things I think of now. I didn't really think of the security. I didn't really think of the money. I didn't really think of um, the responsibility and, and all it was going to take. I just did it because it was so exciting. And it, that's just the, that's just it made me happy. I think some of that too was that YouTube was still paying. That was, we were living off YouTube. And so we didn't have to treat Twitch like that. And I think some of that is probably due to that, that at one, at some point the tables turned and it was, YouTube was now more of a, a side project 
and and hobbyist, whereas yeah. Twitch was the main income driver. And so now it wasn't just a get on Twitch for fun. Now yeah. it was you're getting on Twitch because you're going to work. <laughs> you got to make you know, some. Money. You, you got to make some money today. Time to go to work, and that does yeah. change the the game up, which is why you know you want to you want to if you're getting into streaming. Keep it a hobby as long as possible because you will hold on to that fucking passion for so much longer if you keep it a hobby than uh, than doing that. Hasn't YouTube gotten better lately in terms of... No. Fuck no. It's terrible. The... the It's basically... like The way, the way YouTube works right now is your best hope... We'll wrap this up because we're way past Jeff's time to get out of here, but YouTube is the first hour a video goes live. The people that get that video because they've subscribed and hit the bell icon so that they get a notification, a push notification, as soon as a video goes up, within the first hour, like and comment something substantial on that video and there's interaction, if that doesn't happen, the video doesn't even get it out to everyone in the subscriber pool. It gets nothing. Then then if you get really good traction within your own community... YouTube will consider recommending it on the sidebar with other like videos. And that's all you have. So if you're wondering why, if you watch any amount of YouTube, if you're wondering why so many, I said I was talking about this on the stream yesterday, day before, if you're wondering why so many videos right now are clout chasing videos where it's YouTubers calling out other YouTubers, even even if they have nothing to really talk about, yeah. That is exactly why it's happening. It's the yep. only way to keep traction going to the channel. It's the yep. way the YouTube algorithm works right now. It wants the shittiest possible content you can provide. Even if you're a massive channel. Yeah. Massive channel. Yeah. You will go on the decline if you don't at least bait to a degree. You have to. Uh, so, you know, that's... And from a monetization standpoint on YouTube, yeah, you can still make good money monetization-wise with ads if you're pulling down 100, 100 plus thousand views a video and you're putting out seven videos a week. But if you aren't putting out one video a day and getting epic first 60 minutes interaction from your subscriber base to push it beyond your subscriber base, you're going to be dead in the water in months. And and uh, it's 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 uh, it's trash in that regard. I mean, the, the, it's it's very difficult. So when people ask, you know, what's the what's the best way to help right now? Like outside of the shit is really when Jeff and I say hit the like button. If you have the opportunity for anything, like on my stream, say, look, if you don't want to pay me on Patreon for the the because you're already subscribed here, and you want to help the video review shit. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the fucking bell icon and like and comment in the first fucking hour on every video I put up, which is only like two in a fucking month anyway. Yep. You're not going to get blown up with notifications for videos coming from our channel. And doing that is really, because of the nature of the beast right now, all you've got. And so if you don't have, if you're an old guard YouTube channel like us, and your viewers are also what you would consider old guard... And they were, they're socially engineered for a certain way that YouTube worked, which is not how YouTube works now. You're fucked. That's why you can see new YouTubers come up in like no time at all. Yeah, they play the game, man. They play because the game. you can play the game 
and you do it, you do it, and you get the, but like it's like you, but you, if you play the game, it's a very dangerous fucking game to play because you risk just you risk it being short term and being an asshole for the whole time you have a YouTube channel. Yeah. There's one guy I watch who's a Canadian bodybuilder. His name's Greg Doucette. He might even be here in Halifax, actually. And he started his YouTube channel like a year ago or less than a year ago. And he decided that he was, his whole persona was going to be calling out the bullshit of fitness channels on YouTube and Instagram. And being, and being comedically, kind of like we do when we sell out, really obvious about it. And just say, and he just is, and, and be upfront and blunt because it ends up being kind of comedic, but it's the reality. And so like, that's the kind of shit you have to do. It's like, you, you have to be like non-ironic about it, but also ironic about it so that you're not an asshole, but you're, and you're providing good content, but you also, for him, like he'll make clout chasing videos and he'll put it in the title, clout, <laughs> fucking put clout chasing and shit. And he'll go after like. He'll go after other major fitness YouTubers and, and just be like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to do this video. I'm going to, I'm going to shit on them, but I'm doing it for the clout chase. Hell yeah. And so no, is YouTube a good, a good revenue stream right now? No, not unless you're playing a really specific shitty fucking game and you are in a market and you hit it fight. You still have to hit it. It still has to happen. Some people are making a killing bro, but it's not, it. It's 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 kind of like Twitch now, you know. There's only certain people that that can do it and that have made it and playing the game, uh, and then everybody else, you're you're just you're chasing that that dream. That's what it is. You gotta stop chasing the dream on YouTube. You gotta start chasing the clout. I ain't chasing no YouTube dream, bro. That dream is dead. My my last YouTube paycheck was forty eight dollars. Yeah, we get uh, we actually get so little on YouTube now that I don't even give Jeff his cut. I just use it to pay off our SoundCloud bill for the podcast. <laughs> Patreon.com slash leg. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. That's where we're, That's at. Where we're, we're fucking. We, and we've we been at. Making, we went from making damn near six figures on YouTube. Yeah. A year. Yeah. To, uh, to not even a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, a month. It's impressive. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, we're out here, ladies and gentlemen. That's another Tech Bell podcast. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hit the fucking like button. Comment in the first hour on every video. Hit the bell icon on, on, on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, and just do it on everything. It's, it's literally, if you're already giving us money, or maybe you're not because you can't afford it, and you want to help us out, hit the first, like button. Like button. Fucking bell icon, first hour, every video, boom, bam, done. That is the best thing you can do. We have three to 4,000 people that watch this video, uh, this podcast every week on YouTube. If every one of you did that shit, which takes five fucking seconds yep. to hit the like button and put a comment about the podcast in the first hour. Imagine even a thousand likes a video. Fuck, dude. We'd actually get out of our own subscriber base and be back on the mass market again. So yeah. many people like, how do you guys not have more views? That's how. Nobody shares. <laughs> That's how. Nobody's sharing anything. They're just consuming, which is fine. But it's not helping <laughs> us very much. Share. I mean, the, the only new shit that's coming in here are my hosts every week. This is the only new people that come in and see <laughs> the podcast. I mean, 
You know, it's as far as it goes. <sighs> we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. As always, have yourself a good week. Stay safe out there. And until next time, peace. Thank you.